0: The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for a mature audience. The views expressed on this Poorly Made podcast reflect the opinions of the guests and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this Poorly Made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very Poorly Made podcast... Relax and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Yo, hey there! Welcome to another fun, exciting. Action-packed edition of the very Poorly Made Police Podcast. I am your host, Lloyd. Almost forgot there. How are you guys? I hope this podcast finds you well. This episode, we uh, wrap up the trilogy, which is the Law Odyssey, with our good friend Saul, a.k.a. Silent Saul, a.k.a. I think he was Silent Bob when he started. Saul is a uh, former public defender, lawyer turned cop and he uh and he frequently joins the podcast to share his knowledge with us and we thank him for his service this episode is no different however before we get into the podcast we need to talk about officer privacy as you guys know they make every sunday podcast possible something i've talked about before but i wanted to bring it up again Towards the end of my career, something I was really worried about was being doxxed. And I had had knowledge of all these people search sites, which Officer Privacy removes you from, but I didn't know about Officer Privacy. And, you know, beyond them sponsoring the podcast, I'm a firm believer in what they do because one of my biggest fears was being involved in something. And now my kids are exposed to it and people are marching and knocking at the door. And we saw that. We saw that throughout 2020 and 2021. And, you know, it still happens today. My guess, and I could be wrong, is as the election stuff starts ramping up, we're going to probably see these same issues come back again with law enforcement being doxed. I mean, I can't tell you how many news articles recently, the uh, Grand Rapids shooting. The officer's address was in the comment section of a news story on Facebook. It is so incredibly easy for people to find your information, and that is why I firmly believe in what Officer Privacy is doing. As a cop, there's no reason for your information, your family's information, just to be readily accessible. That's why I'm a paying customer of Officer Privacy. I pay for their premium service, which is awesome. I sign up. I fill out a form. I do nothing else. They take care of it. And they also have another option, a do-it-yourself option, where they give you the tools, and uh, you can remove yourself from the websites on your own. But it's a, it's a daunting task to even know where to start. That is why Office Privacy is so great and why I recommend them to anyone. In fact, you'll hear a recommendation on this podcast. Again, that's our good friends over at officerprivacy.com. Now, I know this is a long podcast, and I'll try to keep this short. It seems like every couple months, uh, I don't know what happens. I don't understand the Facebook algorithm. I just kind of post shit and hope for the best. And if you followed me for a while, you know I've I've had these issues before. But I don't know what happens. But occasionally, I just none of my shit on Facebook and Instagram gets seen, which I get that you know maybe I don't post something great and people don't hit likes. And I'm I'm not one of these guys that'll say click like and subscribe and all this bullshit. If you like it, then you'll like it, and if you you know, you know like it a lot, you'll subscribe. That's kind of my philosophy on those things, but without actually telling you or asking you to hit like and subscribe, because I, I still don't believe in that, the way this page works and the way to make it possible really for me or any other page is people have to see it. So, I rely on you guys a lot for not only this podcast, the, you know, spread the good word of it. Cause I swear to God, if I post about the podcast, it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. And I get it. People follow the page for memes, not for podcasts. It is what it is. But anything you guys do, spread the word of the page, the podcast, the merch, all of that helps this survive. I mean, essentially, I'm a small business. So, I, I can't do it without you guys. So, with that said, even though I'm kind of going through a hard time right now, I really can't complain that much. There is a lot of you guys out there that have done some pretty incredible things for me. So I don't want this to be a a bitch fest about Facebook or anything like that. I don't really want to bite the hand that feeds, unfortunately, even though it's the old Zuckerberg, but seriously guys, thanks for uh, letting this thing happen. If, uh, if you guys were not supportive of me, it wouldn't. We wouldn't be in almost in a year or two of this. So, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys. And also, thanks to the uh, the group for fucking letting me steal their time constantly to do podcasts. All right. Well, this has been long, and I've rambled long enough. And I just recorded about three hours with Saul, so we're just gonna hop right fucking into it. <laughs> Now joining the podcast, allowing me to abuse more and more of his time, I have our good friend, my lover, you know him, formerly a Silent Bob, but now he's Silent Saul because we decide it's better. Saul, how are you, buddy?
1: Good, and I always enjoy being your little spoon. Better call Saul. You know,
0: we could switch if you want. It doesn't I can be matter. the big spoon. You can be the big spoon. I I'm a giver. Okay. I don't I don't force things on people or anything like that. I am a giver. So if you want to switch it up, just let me know.
1: A lot of pressure to be the big spoon, though. Like, do you stick it between the cheeks? Do you put it to the bed? <laughs> like, it's just there's there's a lot to decipher.
0: We're off to a beautiful start. <laughs> so this is the uh, third and maybe the final law odyssey. I don't want to say forever, but I don't want to uh, kick I uh, I don't kick the dead horse or beat the dead horse. How does that saying go? I always fuck up sayings. Yeah. If the
1: horse isn't dead, it's really close to expiring.
0: So we're going to murder the horse tonight. And then, you know, maybe in the future, The horse will come back to life, but I I felt it'd be good to end in a trilogy because once you get past a trilogy, as I know you firmly believe, then it gets kind of crazy. You know, you have prequels, you have sequels, you have cartoons, you have TV shows. It's hard to keep up with, right?
1: Yeah, I am excited about John Wick 4, though.
0: Is it bad that I've never seen one of those movies? Yeah, it's terrible.
1: You're a horrible human.
0: Okay, are they, okay, I do plan, I am a horrible human, thank you for reminding me, I do plan on watching those movies, but are they kind of like, what, what the hell were the action movies that had like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and all the guys in it, and it was, you know. The Expendables? The Expendables, is it that kind of movie where it's like a fun movie, or is, and that's totally unrealistic and like. Stupid action scenes, like a good guy movie? Or is John Wick a little more serious?
1: It's a little more serious. I'd put it closer to Jason Bourne, but he's an assassin. And it's also fun, though, just because they actually do a ton of weapons manipulations and actually change out mags during gun scenes. It's just kind of fun sequences. So
0: what you're telling They're me... They're entertaining. Here, here's what I know, is... It doesn't matter what we're about to say. We could give like the best legal advice ever. All the fucking messages I'm going to get are going to be like, you dipshit douchebag. How have you not seen John Wick? And I'll explain that real quick. I have kids, man. I watch fucking Paw Patrol. All right. Leave me alone.
1: Well, and I won't ruin the third John Wick. The beginning I was texting my buddy because he kills a dude with a horse.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, you kind of have me sold on that. Yeah,
1: it's freaking amazing. So,
0: yeah, no, they're fun flicks, for sure. So, I was trying to bring up Star Wars, and you kind of went to the John Wick thing unexpectedly. Because one of the first questions I got was from our good friend Sipowitz. And he wanted to know why you hate Star Wars and New York pizza. Okay, so... I'll take those in turn. I
1: don't hate Star Wars. I actually really like Star Wars. And I have fond memories of... i. My grandmother took me to Return of the Jedi when I was a kid in the theater. I like the what I will refer to as the original three. The prequels that came out crushed my soul because they were terrible. Um, and I can't remember where I left off with the new ones. I thought the first new one was pretty cool because they went a little more like I like the new James Bond where they're darker and more realistic and less gimmicky and I felt Star Wars went that way and then Chuck, hold on honestly, a
0: second hold on a second you leave Roger Moore out of this okay he's a fucking national treasure how dare you I just I like the new Bond flicks
1: they're about to get super stupid and die a painful woke death but I like
0: that uh, about to happen? That makes me sad.
1: Yes, it very much is. So um yeah, so I just I can't keep track. As soon as you start getting into live action series and all the spin-offs and prequels and sequels, I honestly can't keep track of it. I'm too old for that stuff. So it just gets overwhelming to a point where I just frankly bail on it. So I haven't seen any of that stuff.
0: I I get it. I'm almost getting that way with the Marvel stuff because you had like a conclusion, right? And now, and now like there's more shit, and it's like, oh god, okay, they got to beat the bad guy, and maybe a couple of them die. And it's you know, there's been well, I don't know, it, it, it's hard, you're right, though. Sometimes you just have to let something die, and but everything's a remake and everything's redone, so everything kind of seems stale at this point, but maybe it'll get better. I don't know.
1: Well, in all the crossover movies where there's like eight superheroes in it and they're all fighting for screen time. So nothing actually develops. And it's just it's too much. It's like an everything bagel. It's disgusting. I don't need that much shit. I just want a goddamn bagel. I want Michael Keaton as Batman, and that's all I want. Because I'm old and I'm grumpy. So that's that's my problem with Star Wars. Is it's just become too much. But I don't even know where I left off on Star Wars. But pizza, I seriously, I had never had real legit Chicago pizza or New York pizza. And I went to Chicago for a teaching gig. And I ate at Lou Malnati's Pizza three nights in a row because it was like crack and the most amazing stuff ever. I will eat any pizza, but if you give me the choice of New York or legit Chicago, 10 times out of 10, I'm taking Chicago.
0: Have we talked Bojo's on this podcast? Because I don't know if the people know about Bojo's, but I think one could probably argue like they call them mountain pies. But one could argue it's more more like a Chicago style. Would you agree?
1: Yes and no. It's not like... It's completely different. It's just really thick. And for people who don't know, you pay by the pound for the pizza. It's really good, but it's definitely not – I wouldn't even put it – it's like if Chicago and New York kind of had a baby.
0: Bojo's is pretty fucking good. If if you're going to get Bojo's, you got to get to the one in Idaho Springs. I, I know there's a few other locations in the metro area. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. But if you find yourself on I-70 in Colorado and you – Stop in Idaho Springs. If you can somehow find parking, I highly suggest waddling over to Bojo's. It's life-changing. It's delicious and expensive, but worth it.
1: It reminds me of, uh, you know, like New Yorkers whenever they leave New York, and they're like, hey, this is not a bagel. And you're like, shut up. It's a bagel. But then you go to New York and have one, and it does taste different. There's a, a famous... Chicago chain opened downtown in my area and it's not the same at all. It's not even close. So I don't know what the deal is, if it's differences in altitudes ingredients, or what, but it just tastes completely different in Chicago. So I get it now when New Yorkers are divas about their bagels or their pizza and getting it in New York, but I'll, I'll still take Chicago any day, all day. Sorry, Sipwitz.
0: Yeah, fuck you, Sipowitz. I love you, though. Now, we should probably talk about the law at one point or another, but I did want to bring up to the people what they're missing because I had second thoughts. This podcast was originally going to be like an April Fool's podcast, and I was basically going to have Saul be me, and I was just going to be a guest. And I'd like to think I saved you guys from awfulness. Not to say Saul wouldn't do an excellent job. I think he would. I just think I talk it too much anyway and it would have probably wore out as welcome pretty quick. So I'm thankful that Saul was good for the audible to the law odyssey three, which we were planning on doing anyway.
1: Yeah. I think the other would have been funny for about 15 minutes. Like when uh chief sheriff came on the first time I hated it for the first 10 minutes. And then my brain clicked into what it was and I was literally peeing myself. I was laughing so hard.
0: I should get sheriff's back. He was good. Uh, We had that dating episode and that was fucking amazing. He fucking killed it on that one.
1: He sounds like a good dude.
0: He is a good dude. Well, I mean, chief sheriff isn't a good dude. He's, he's He's a good day. them. he's a good day. them. we, we should not mess up his pronouns. Are you ready for, are you ready for a legal question? Should we do it? Uh,
1: Let's do some law stuff for America. It's something that I. Okay, so where I work, there seems to be a definite distinction between defense attorneys and district attorneys. In that defense attorneys sometimes look a little bit more like their clients, whereas the district attorneys seem a little bit more upright. Is there a reason for that? Have you ever noticed that? It's definitely... uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without... Like, if you were... uh, Let me try to explain. I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain (laughs) this. So if you, on the DA side, I once was teaching a program of, of what is essentially... IA for attorneys from all over the country. So the people who take attorney complaints and investigate them, and they're all ex-DAs or government lawyers, right? So I walked into the room. We had 60 or 70 of these government lawyers. And do you want to know how I spotted the rebel in the room? They were wearing a light, dark gray suit. And everybody else was in like a black suit. Um, They all had their multiple highlighters lined up. DAs usually tend to be kind of super anal more. I don't want to say right wing cause that's changed a ton, but there it's definitely a different breed of people who go DA versus defense side defense side. I know defense attorneys that have lived fast and hard have owned strip clubs um. It's definitely you can pick out in two seconds which way somebody's going to go when you meet them in law school. I'm like, oh yeah, no, you're a total DA.
0: Or I feel like the song is fitting here. Yeah. You get solved, but
1: that's no joke. There's a there's a stark distinction for sure. Maybe the funny thing is in some states though, and I I'm not kidding at all when I say this, there are public defender offices that if you interned at a DA's office. For 10 minutes and realized you hated it and wanted to go defense the public defender's office would never touch you because they don't want anybody who would even consider going to the da's office to work
0: for them really that's interesting
1: which i think is idiotic right because if somebody goes to the other side and realizes it's not for them that's a good thing but it's just like anything else. You have different camps and people are a little silly, but most of the time back in the day, we all got along and understood what the other person's role was. And it wasn't a crazy thing.
0: All right. So that made me think of two things, but we'll, we'll stick with the clothing thing. I don't know if it's because where I worked, um, you did deal with more public defenders. And I, I, I would say most of the time, if I had to testify and it was cross, it was almost always a public defender. In fact, one time I got uh, admonished for calling somebody the public defender and not counsel. <laughs> Learned from that one pretty quickly. Yeah, you can't say that. <laughs> yeah, good thing it was a motion hearing. But...
1: And just so everybody knows, the reason why you can't say that is you can't introduce any even perceived bias. So you can't... The, the bias inherently is a jury might think that they can't afford a lawyer and they're only getting a public def- defender and therefore they must be guilty because that's all they can get. There's Whether it's really accurate or not, that's what you're trying to shield the jury from and keep it fair. It's also the same reason why a jury can't know that the defendant is in custody even though there's a deputy sitting right behind them and it's super freaking obvious but we do a lot of stupid stuff in in the law that we pretend actually has an impact when usually it doesn't
0: you're sounding a little salty there
1: Saul well it's just in certain jurisdictions it's just always been funny to me like we just think jurors are stupid and most of the time they're like yeah we figured out he was a in custody, when there's a deputy sitting right behind him the entire time and watching everything he does like a hawk, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't doesn't take Columbo to put that one together.
0: But back to the clothing thing, I I always felt like when I saw a public defender, they were usually dressed very similar to like what the DA would wear in court. Um, you know, nice business attire. I, I'm just trying to think back of a time where I, I really saw at least a district court a a a poorly dressed or differently dressed attorney. And I can't think of one. I know we had municipal court and that was a fucking clown show, man. You never knew what you're going to get. You know, you'd have like, you know, off the corner lawyers coming in fighting traffic tickets and shit. And that was always kind of entertaining, you know, wearing suits that don't match or, you know, clothes that are way too big and things like that. But I never really saw it in the big leagues.
1: Yeah, generally you don't get that. It's, I mean, you better walk in, you better have a jacket and tie on or the judge is going to scream at you. Um, There's certainly a decorum that goes in line with doing that. Typically speaking, you know, you get kind of more the hacks on the defense side or the folks that do traffic all the time. There's some legit hitters that do it and make a very good living, but for the most part, the heavy hitters don't want to be arguing DUIs for the rest of their life. They're boring as hell. Um, so you don't you don't see a whole lot of that stuff. I would always laugh at the criminal defense attorneys that came in in their, you know, $2,000 tailored suits on like calm down, sporty spice. Nobody thinks you're that important.
0: So you brought up something when we were talking about, you know, switching to the other side, somebody that goes from DA to the uh, process or to the uh, public defender's office. But I wanted to know if if you've seen this, or if maybe this is a newer thing, or it's just been around. I've never seen it before. We had a guy go from our agency, and I'm pretty sure he left on his own. You know, he wasn't happy when he left, but he wasn't like fired or anything like that. He just he left and he went to work as, I think, a paralegal or something. With a defense firm and wreaked a lot of havoc.
1: A lot of people jump to the other side. So you'll have a lot of cops that go defense because it's marketable, right? Like you can say, oh, I know what goes on on the other side. Um, so that happens actually quite a bit. And you also, you have a lot of DAs that leave the district attorney's office and jump to doing criminal defense. That happens
0: pretty regularly. The guy was, uh, you know, I worked around him. He seemed like a pretty good dude. I liked him. He was always helpful to me and, uh, his reputation on the department changed quite a bit once he started doing that and, you know going after uh, the people he once worked for. It's kind of an interesting thing. I would almost feel like that's one of those deals you would go do that somewhere else just so it kind of takes away the awkwardness of, you know, sitting in a courtroom. And I don't want to say against because, uh, you know, it's fact-finding. It's, you know, not an us versus them thing, but you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it goes both directions, right? So the thing I've always found amusing When I did my background for my agency, I didn't think they'd take me because I used to be a public defender. They actually embraced it. And the hilarious thing was when I did my background interview, they asked if they could call the public defender's office. And I said, I actually would prefer if you didn't. And they seemed a little puzzled and asked why. And I said, legitimately you don't understand how they work and they would rather find out. I got arrested for molesting a child than they would that I'm becoming a cop. There's that much kind of, you know, my team versus your team mentality that I never understood it because I think the system needs all angles to work. And I know I've said it before, I don't like defense attorneys who think that nobody should go to jail, but I don't like DAs who think that everybody should go to jail. There's a balance and people need to be rational, but we live in a world where that's getting squished more and more. But there's definitely, I mean, I've seen fistfights literally break out at public defender parties when somebody tried to bring a DA into the party. It's just, yeah, it's one of those things that's a little bizarre until you're in it, but that doesn't really flow from DAs to defense attorneys as much. It's just kind of a weird world.
0: I don't know why I'm having trouble picturing a public defender party.
1: Oh my God, dude. They were insane. We used to have a conference every year. People would get found in ditches, um, passed out (laughs) the next morning, just shenanigans run amok. It was nuts. They finally had to just stop doing it. Um, But everything that what was it stash was saying about police week seems like it it's why I always part of why I like doing this is just educating people, all the craziness that goes on in departments with people sleeping with each other and everything else. Same thing in the public defender's office. Same thing in the DA's office. It happens everywhere.
0: For the sake of the memes, I really need a public defender version of Megan Hall. That would be amazing. Amazing. I, May or may not
1: have previously worked with somebody who um, was found via, this was after I left. And this was not a person that you would look at and be like, ooh, damn, got to get me some of that. May or may not have gotten busted in a jail giving inmates handies under the table and also letting them reciprocate. And the sheriff's department figured out something was going on and totally caught her red-handed, so to speak. And she did not get disbarred for that, which I thought was complete, total, and utter bullshit. She got fired, but she still can practice law. Allegedly,
0: that's kind of amazing that you don't get disbarred for giving handies, but um, super popular with the I hope. If I'm ever in trouble, please give me her number because I could definitely need the legal help and, you know, the other help. She She got great reviews.
1: Goes above and beyond. Really puts out for her clients.
0: I want to see her Yelp. Is she she on OnlyFans?
1: Oh, my God. That would be worse than the lieutenant.
0: (laughs) That's not good. Shout out to the lieutenant who thinks she is. Never mind. We're just going to leave that alone. What a fucking mess. Um, legal stuff. Let's talk about some legal stuff. You mentioned how boring DUIs are. I I wanted to talk about that a little bit. And I know I have one question here. I felt like there's another one in here. We'll see if there is. but, And I don't remember because it seems so long ago where we actually did a serious podcast. We weren't drinking and talking about dildos. If we've talked too much about DUIs, I know we've talked about hey, what are some things, you know, X, Y, Z, you can do to help your cases. But specifically with DUIs, the question is, what are some things that you would see on DUIs that cops shouldn't do? Like, just be consistent in their standard
1: field sobriety test for a reason, right? Don't get cute. Don't vary from the formula. Just document them and play it straight. But... The thing that I would note, and we talked about this a little bit, I can't remember which odyssey it was in. If my person bombed, let's say your agency uses four standard field sobriety tests in every single DUI investigation. I would make, right? If my person bombed four out of four, that's a 0%, right? But what I would do is take... Divided attention maneuvers, which is what field sobriety tests are. And I would try to make every single thing a divided attention maneuver. So I would say things like when you pulled behind the defendant and turned on your lights, they stayed in their lane. Yes, they observed and reacted to your lights by slowing down. Correct. They put on their turn signal. Yes. And pulled over to the curb. Yes. And stopped properly. Yes. So they passed each one of those divided attention man- maneuvers, realizing you're there, signaling, changing lanes, and parking their car. They passed all that. You did not note anything in your report that they did anything wrong in that process. I did not. Cool. Now I'm at 50%, right? All right, let's talk about them handing you their identification. They reached over, opened the glove box, and were able to hand you their ID. After they put their car in park and were able to properly come to a complete and safe stop. Yep. All right, cool. I just picked up two more. That's how I would just make every single thing a divided attention maneuver and sometimes you can't have the luxury you know like i've had clients who peed themselves threw up on the back of the car or whatever like i get all that but if you're seeing indicia of intoxication document it if they're slow to react if they change lanes abruptly if they park badly document all that stuff in your report it doesn't take that much space and it just makes life a little easier does that make sense
0: no, that makes that makes a ton of sense. I, I'm i a big believer in documenting more, more is better. So you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I know some people just kind of I know people that have like a format for different types of calls. I just think that's to me personally, I think that's really stupid because every call is different. I don't care if you have like a, a format like, you know, your first paragraph about, you know, your information if you do that in your reports or whatever. But to me, everything else is a different day, a different call, a different set of circumstances. And I I think it kind of gets people into trouble. Uh, To veer away from the DUIs real quick, like we had, uh, even the city, or not the city, the department had this format for shoplifts. And I never used it. And people are like, oh, it's so much quicker. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not like a good report. It's dog shit. Like if, if my if potentially I'm going to go to court and testify to this, I'm not this is shit. This is like lazy fucking shit. Like I get it's to save time because there's so many shoplifters, but I don't know. I guess I look at every case like my little baby, and I want to present the best baby I can. And I know how much you love kids.
1: I do. I love spicy babies.
0: <laughs> every time you mention a spicy baby, a baby gets pepper sprayed. I'm okay with it. All right, so here's what I don't like about DUIs, and I'm just going to kind of bitch, and maybe you can make me feel better about it, or maybe I'm just going to bitch. But it kind of goes into what you were talking about, about the standardized field sobriety test. I don't... Let's start with a test. The stagmus is good. I know some people naturally have nystagmus, but... Well, hold on. Let me back up a second. Let me throw a, a hypothetical at you that I may or may not have allegedly done. Okay, I saw somebody else do it and I thought it was a good idea. Allegedly, sometimes you can get to a car and maybe you stopped them for something else. You get up to the car and you're starting to kind of see some addition, but you're like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to pull this guy out and do roadsides, right? If you allegedly would check for dystagmus while they sat in the car just to kind of give you a better gauge. Could you see that being an issue in court, even if you went back and did, you know, the full roadsides later? I, I, you
1: know, I am not a traffic guy. I am SFST certified, but I, frankly i'm a reserve if somebody's going to be doing the sobriety tests on the side of the road it's not going to be me um from a court standpoint yeah from a my, court standpoint my thought is if you're going to do if you have reasonable suspicion to get them out of the car to do the test just get them out of the car to do the test um i think you're going to create more problems than you solve by trying to get cute and keep somebody in the car I mean, what do we always know, right? You're going to have a dish of an unknown alcoholic beverage, bloodshot, watery eyes. If you have slurred speech, you throw that in there. It's not hard to have enough to get somebody out to do the test. But I would, the more you do things in a standard fashion, the same way every time, the better off you're going to be. When you get cute and start deviating, that's like chum to a shark where the defense is going to attack it.
0: Okay. I was just, in my mind, and I'm not arguing with you, just my logic on that was thinking, well, and to be honest with you, I think the times I did it, the people didn't, I did it like two or three times. The people didn't have nystagmus in the car, and I was like, nah, I don't think I'm I, I don't think going to pull them out kind of thing. It was like on the fence, but I thought if it ever came up in court, if I went and did the standardized test, it would like cancel it out, but that's probably flawed logic.
1: Well, that would hit more in emotions here, right? Because I would argue if they passed HGN, why are you pulling them out of the car? You well, just no, that, lost.
0: Oh, no. I, I'm saying if uh, they passed it and I never pulled them out of the car. I'm saying if they didn't pass it in the car or they were, you know, the eyes were bouncing a little bit and then I got them out and then they failed again, kind of thing. Does that make sense what I'm asking?
1: No, it does. But I'm saying, like, why. And I, this would be a great discussion for a traffic person. My thought is, why have the potential of closing off your ability to get them out of the car? Because I'm sure, did you ever have situations where somebody you couldn't tell if the HGN was there or not, but they bombed the walk-in turn or the one-legged stand?
0: Honestly, in my here, here's my experience with DUIs. I've done DUIs my there were guys on my department that were really good at them and if you fucking called out what you were doing they'd come over and they would do it and that was kind of the expectation of them too is they would go handle these DUIs so I watched a lot of DUIs too um I would argue yeah you did have some people that bomb or that you know did okay on HGN and then bombed um the other ones the walk and turn all that stuff but I would argue most of the time it was HGN. Was kind of the was if if you didn't have HGN you usually didn't have anything else at least in my humble opinion what from what I saw. Yeah, I
1: I totally get the argument. It would be interesting to talk to a traffic person. I just I can tell you right now that if you HGN somebody in the car, I would laser focus on that for motions and see what I could play with. It's just it's giving me something to explore that you don't need to.
0: But I love giving you things to explore. I've heard that about you. That's what they say. Well, here's the open invitation. I need a uh, a DUI guy. I want like a hardcore DUI guy, like a, a mad award winner or something like that. Somebody that's done a shitload of DUIs, hit me up, come on the podcast, we'll talk. They're probably screaming you at know the radio a, right now.
1: You know an interesting offshoot of that, and I would also be curious to hear this from a DUI guy. I stopped practicing criminal law in 2010. So as far as trying criminal cases now, back when I was trying criminal cases, the general public frowned upon DUIs and also didn't like when witnesses had felony convictions. Crazy, right? Um, I've talked to people recently. I tried a civil case involving an accident with injuries and they were suing for millions of dollars and it was a little obnoxious, but I talked to the jury afterwards, and it was not my person's first DUI in the accident. Let's just put it that way. And they got sued simply. I had a fairly young jury. They were all under 30. And do you know what they said to me after the verdict that was extremely favorable in our direction? They said, and I quote, everybody can get a DUI. Wow. They did not give two shits. There was no animosity there. They weren't looking to punish anybody. They just kind of accepted it as a matter of course, which prompted me to talk to some folks that are involved in the criminal world more. And I was like, are you seeing that people are not really caring about DUIs as much as they used to? And, you know, it used to be the kiss of death. If you had a felony conviction, a jury wasn't going to believe anything you said. And both of those are swinging the other direction and it's a bit of a cultural issue where, you know, just because a witness has a felony doesn't mean it's the kiss of death anymore. Just because it's a DY doesn't mean a jury cares a ton, um, especially if there's no other aggravating factors. It's just kind of a weird way society is going.
0: I think it's going away as the direction it's going. Um yeah, I, it
1: absolutely baffles me, but I don't know how much of that is just me being a quote-unquote boomer.
0: Okay, boomer. Well, I've seen some memes within the last six months or so, and I'm not going to lie. I laugh about them. Some of the funniest fucking memes have been, you know, what was the one with, like, the gorilla, and he discovers what could make the diet even better, and he's reaching for his keys kind of thing, and he's wasted, and it's funny. But it's not. But it's... It's there's been so many of them lately where I'm like, this is like a cultural thing. like This isn't one of those things people are just making memes at to kind of laugh at it because it's dark. It's people are laughing at it and they're making these memes because people are actually doing It's kind of my perception of it. And so I was kind of starting to get that inkling that nobody really cares about DUIs anymore. And then when you just said it, I'm like, ah, maybe that's a thing. The felony thing, that makes sense to me. Nobody cares about Anything, it's it's weird. It's a fucking weird thing, you know. We've yeah, gone too far. We give we give way too many second chances. We
1: used opinion. to have standards, and I always say that anybody can get a DUI. I know really good people that have had a little too much and made the poor decision to drive. Nobody got hurt. Like I get it. I'm not saying that you're a bad person because you get a DUI. But I said on previous podcast, I've literally defended people on their ninth and you used to on your third you were getting a year in jail no matter what now you get like in-home detention for a a month and an apology it's just it's baffling and i you know a bit of a soapbox rant but anybody who is listening to this that's on the job i've seen far more death and destruction from alcohol than i've ever seen from weed they just have a better lobby
0: yeah, I I agree. Well, and th- and that's the thing too with the the alcohol, which I was gonna kind of go on my my soapbox and rant about is, I remember you know when we were going through the DUI stuff in the academy and learning how to do it, they really hammered in like you gotta fucking know this stuff because you're gonna get killed when you testify to it, and you're gonna have to when you get called to testify. I'm sure you correct me if I'm wrong you're going to show the jury how to do their, to how to do them. Right.
1: So I think I told the story during the first one, I had a cop volunteer to do that and he screwed up and it blew up the case. And my guy was heavily intoxicated, tried to kick out the window in the car and the jury didn't care because the cop volunteered to do the roadsides and messed up. Um, I don't know that you can be forced to demonstrate them. It really depends court to court. Um, But I would would practice them just in case because you, you might find yourself in that situation, even if you don't want to do it. Um, So that is certainly always a factor, but I would certainly avoid volunteering for that or pressing that in any regard
0: pro tip never volunteer for anything ever ever okay but so that that was already in my, that was in my head i was like god that that sounds fucking terrible trying to show this to a whole courtroom full of people and you know god forbid you fuck up and i remember having a conversation with the dui guys about it it's like oh it's not a big deal you just you just got to know it but these guys were doing a couple hundred dui's a year they were always in court doing it you know it was like second nature where uh, and i actually had this debate publicly in, in a comment thread um recently because uh, so me and ghost patch we uh we made cards right that have the sfsts on them okay by the way they're for sale if you want to go buy some the idea was just like give somebody you know you don't haven't done the dui in a while just kind of a reference to kind of refresh your memory you know probably i would say you don't probably shouldn't be reading off something while you're trying to give somebody instructions on the side of a road. Just something to kind of help you out before kind of thing or to refresh yourself or or whatever, right? Because that was an argument too. Somebody said, "Well, you shouldn't be have that in front of your your face while you're, you know, you're dealing with somebody on the side of the road." Yeah. No one's saying you have to do that. But one of the debates on these cards was is you should just know this stuff. And my counter argument was, I don't do DUIs all the time. You know, maybe once every couple of weeks when I was on nights, or maybe once a month even when I was on nights, and then you go to day shift and you hardly ever do them, at least where I worked. I know it's more common in different places, but I would I would say throughout the country, most cops, I would say on a very high end on average, would be like five to six DUIs a year. Maybe I'm wrong. I know there's some guys that can really hammer that. So let's just even say 10, for the sake of it, 10. You're doing 10 DUIs a year. Out of the thousand calls for service you do every year, that's less than 1%. I think it's pretty reasonable to become rusty at some things. Sure, there's an argument to be made for you should study them and stuff. I get it. I totally get it but we're dealing with real world shit here. And that's what I, I kind of hate about the whole DUI process is I think they're so hard to prosecute, or at least that is kind of my opinion on it, where it's this, it's this big issue we have. We have a lot of drunks killing people, getting in accidents, but fuck, it is so hard. You got to do, you got to do the standardized test perfectly because everything's on camera now. You've got to testify to everything perfectly they're tough, right? I mean, we've heard the argument; those those are more longer trials than a murder trial, because of fucking how intricate the DUI stuff is. So I this is just me bitching. I mean, I don't really have a question for you at this point, but I just I hate how stupid the process is, and I wish I wish there was a simpler way to do DUIs without going nuts. You know, doing the hokey pokey. You know, what other arrests does a cop make where you gotta do a fucking hokey pokey? before you put him in handcuffs. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and I think most of the time, honestly, what I always preach to cops is, remember the big picture, right? If one of the benefits of body cam is if a jury can tell that somebody's intoxicated and they're stumbling and absolutely bombing the walk-in turn, it's pretty obvious when it's on camera. So it can be a very good thing to use, even if... You trip over the instructions a little bit or you don't get things perfect. Uh, You still have that video evidence to rely on. One thing I want to caution people about, I teach lawyers across the country and I've taught cops in different jurisdictions. When it comes to using standardized cards like you were referring to, that's all fine and good. You just need to understand it's a reference, And people call things differently in different parts of the country. So if you're going to use something like that, that's great if it refreshes your memory. You look at it real quick before you get out of the car. Just like, okay, I just want to make sure I hit the big points. This is what I need to do. A, follow your department policy. B, for the love of God, you all need to understand that if on body cam, you are holding one of those tools up, You are going to be asked what it is, where you got it from, if it's approved by your department, if you got it in a training, it is going to get picked apart to death. So just understand that it is what it is and don't hold it up in front of you and read the instructions off of the goddamn memory tool that you bought off poorly made slash ghost patch. And have to explain that in front of a jury.
0: But please go buy some. Because it pays for my kids to go to school. And Buy that's- it, use it. Don't use it during the stop. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, I look at it as like an officer safety thing too. Like if you're you're physically reading off of something while you're, you're dealing with somebody, potentially you haven't searched. Like you're kind of asking for trouble. Go to your car, clear them, take a look at it, take a breather. You know, it's it's an easy. If you've done a DUI, it's kind of like riding a bike you can get back on it. But I know I looked at that and I was like, fuck, man, if I go back, I probably want that just to kind of help me get through that because I haven't done one in so long. It's good to have that kind of reminder stuff.
1: Completely agree. And it's like when we teach lawyers, lawyers always freak out about during trials if you forget where you're at and have to go refer to your notes. Go refer to your notes (laughs) like they're... They're there and you have those aids for a reason. So if when you go back and you run their license, you need to take a quick peek and be like, all right, I just have to refresh my memory real quick to remember what these steps. Okay, good. I've got it. And you go back on it. Cool. Like the most important thing is to get it right. So if you need to do that and say in a trial. Yeah. I have a reference guide, a cheat sheet I use. I I look at it before every time I do roadsides real quick if I suspect that I might have to do them because
0: I want to make sure I do it correctly. Exactly. Speaking of uh, Ghost Patch, I should probably do the Officer of the Podcast because I'll forget if I don't do it right now.
1: Please be Toby.
0: It's not. I should have made it Toby, though. You're going to have to fucking wait, Toby, you little bitch. Just kidding. I love you. But I love that Scotch got it, by the way. Good on he you. He deserved buddy. it. He deserved it. Um I, I don't think
1: that most people realize what a like Scotch plays dumb. That is a legit dude. And that's all I will say.
0: I will say Scotch is um he's the best of us. I mean, that sincerely. I mean, I, I think highly of everyone in our group and most of the people that have been on this podcast and a lot of people that follow the page. Scotch was the best of us. We don't, we don't deserve Scotch, and we are lucky to have Scotch for sure. Except in the dental department, but other than
2: that,
0: <laughs> well, you can't win them all. Someday we'll f- find out about the penis department, but hopes and dreams.
1: Someday, God willing.
0: So, uh as you guys know, as I mentioned from Ghost Patch, we were talking about them a moment ago. They do all my coins and patches. We got all kinds of fun stuff always coming in and out, um, remaking a lot of stuff that's sold out. So look for that. But they have made a very special patch that is for our officer of the podcast. How do you become an officer of the podcast, you may ask? Well, you can't. You can't nominate yourself. Although one guy kind of did, and that was kind of fucked up, but it worked out. Nominate your buddies that are doing good work. That is, uh, Their departments aren't acknowledging the good work they're doing. Send me an email, poorly made police memes at gmail.com. And potentially they could win this awesome patch. I'm running low on nominations. So fucking pitter patter, send me some in. I don't want to surprise anybody, but blankety blank is back at it. I would like to nominate blankety blank as officer of the podcast right out of FTO when I still had no idea what was going on. Blankety took me under his wing and pretty much provided me an entire phase of field training. Him and I were partnered up for quite a bit when I was first out on my own. He taught me a lot. He guided me on calls where I was unsure of what I had, and his number one priority of every minute of the shift was to be there for his partners. He's completely selfless, a great mentor, and without him, I think my development as a patrol officer would have been a lot slower. He's really everything you can ask for in a cop, and I'm super thankful to have him as a partner, even when we're not partnered up in a beat. Does Officer Blankety deserve a T Rex, an applause, a fart, or a uh what's the other thing I do? Oh, air horns.
1: I don't know, but this one just feels like an applause.
0: It does. Not it in a bad way. Done. I mean
1: it in a good way, but it feels it has an applause vibe.
0: Very well done, Officer Blankety Blank.
1: Can I go on my soapbox for two more seconds? Go ahead grumpy old officers i have friends who are ftos i would rather chew glass i've spent over 20 years teaching lawyers i understand how frustrating it can be i would strongly encourage all you older salty dogs out there who seek to pass on the wisdom you have gained there's so much there that you have forgotten that you know that these young bucks don't know and that you can pass on. And that's absolutely invaluable. Now I've tried to pass on things to younger lawyers who accept it and really want to get into it. Cool. I will spend all day teaching you and passing on information because you want to get better. I've also dealt with younger lawyers who I try to pass on information and they think they know everything and they're little shits. And I'm like, all right, cool. Go fuck yourself. I'm not passing any more information on. But if you find young people on your team who want to learn, please, for the love of God, take the time to pass on your knowledge. Now, younger cops, seek out the older guys and fucking learn. Shut your goddamn mouth and take every piece of information you can get from them and figure out how you can apply it. And if you think you know everything in your 20s, punch yourself in the face. All right, cool. That's my rant.
0: Better call Saul. That was a good rant. I approve of that rant. Because I was going to get on your box and, yeah. then, and say the end part where you just got to the, get, get on the new guys. You got to be receptive to learning. Nothing more pissed me off when I was trying to like show somebody something that I had failed miserably when I first started. And they're like, okay, yeah, cool. And you know they're not paying attention. It's like, all right, fuck you. You can fuck it up too then, I guess, motherfucker.
1: Yeah, I just... It's so bizarre to me, this younger group of humanity that I screw stuff all the time. Honestly, what I like about doing police stuff is there's nothing that can happen in a courtroom that I have not seen or can't figure out. It's kind of lost its sexiness because it's become mundane to where aliens could literally land in the center of a courtroom. And I'd be like, cool, we're doing this now. When I'm out on the street on patrol, it's constantly learning and messing things up. And, you know, no matter how crazy calls are, I'll take a second to pull aside the, the old guard on the call and be like, why didn't you do X? And they'll be like, cause I knew it was bullshit and we didn't need to do it. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, speak out that experience and figure out why people are doing what they're doing who know more than you.
0: So one of the questions actually was the craziest thing you saw in a courtroom. Not aliens I presume. No, I I don't know. I've had
1: I've had defendants who don't want to go to jail fake heart attacks, had them shit themselves because they thought that would get them out of going to jail, fake seizures. I've had jurors throw up on themselves, had jurors pass out, Um, had witnesses barf on the witness stand when describing something particularly heinous, Um, seeing DAs get punched by defendants. Sometimes that was funny. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's kind of a lot of crazy shit that goes on but it's like it's probably like most of the time when you ask cops what's the craziest thing you've ever seen and you have to think for a minute because you forget about most of it it just becomes kind of routine although (laughs) I don't know if I told this story before no I had to have I mean really the things that stick with me most are dumb shit like this total alcoholic couple that both had jaundice yellow nails because they drank so much And they were laying on top of each other in the back pew of the courtroom, like making out before the defendant got sentenced. And then as I was standing next to my client and smelling, you know, that. That serious, I've worked at being an alcoholic, stale smell that comes off of somebody. Do you know what
0: I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're speaking. Yeah.
1: Like just reeked of that. I've been practicing at drinking far too much for far too many years. And all I could think about while the judge was talking during the entire sentencing was that these guys get naked and touch tummies. And at no point did they look at each other deep in the eye and say, we should probably do this in the shower and involve soap.
0: (laughs) We live in a society now where, yeah, most people have running water, right? I mean, I know there's a few exceptions, right? But find time, get in the shower. Believe I it just
1: hit baffle. Oh, I saw a juror once answer a cell phone during a fucking trial. That was amazing.
0: <laughs> I, I, I kind of am jealous because I feel like most of the time I've been in court, it's been pretty tame. Um, There was one time, this was was a fucking amazing case of, I don't know the best, we're just going to use terminology we're all familiar with, ghetto type people. There was a case of those type of people. and The victims, where I worked, sometimes your victims were suspects and sometimes your suspects were were victims, but very rarely did you have a true victim. And we put the victim on the stand and I'm like, oh, this is going to go. Bad and it went just as expected, you know. Within like thirty seconds, the the counsel, because I don't want to say the public defender, the counsel had riled up the victim so bad she was screaming in the courtroom. I was like, "This is awesome." I mean, we're gonna lose this case, but this is awesome. We actually won though. Surprisingly, it was it was pretty funny.
1: Hey, almost got into a fight in court once. You? Not you. <laughs> Have I never told this story? No. <laughs> this is going to sound even worse because I, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Cops get shit on a lot. So do public defenders. Um, and a lot of there's a lot of good public defenders that are just trying to do their job and make sure the Constitution applies to everybody. And at the end of the day, if your person goes to prison, they. They went the right way. So we had a kind of lax judge and it was a busy day in court. I think there were like 20 lawyers in the courtroom. The gallery was packed. There were six or eight inmates in the jury box waiting to get their cases called up. And there was this notorious old lawyer who was in like, I swear to God, he had to be in his 80s. And he was just a notorious dick. And he was trying to get a continuance of a motions hearing for the second time. And my buddy, a fellow public defender, who's actually now on the bench, uh, was representing this defendant. And this old timer, who's just an asshole, was just bad mouthing her to the bejesus and saying he wanted a continuance of the motions hearing because he might enter on the case. And the public defender, to her credit, said, Judge, this was continued one time. I told the court I would be ready to go the next time it was set. I'm ready to go. If he's going to enter, that's fine. But if not, I'm prepared to proceed today as I told the court I would, which is the stand up and right thing to do, right? So this lawyer who was in private practice just is blasting the public defender and that public defenders can't wait to give up cases and just started personally attacking him. So the judge was a bit of a wuss. They, them are now retired. Um, But this old timer turned around and I happened to be sitting right behind him. And he turned around and looked right at me and I said, how about you just enter on the case? And he looked at me and goes, I don't want to. And I looked right at him in front of a full courtroom and said, well, then shut the fuck up. (laughs) And at that point, I was sitting in my chair and he walked over to me and flexed and bowed out both his arms and was leaning over me like, you know, when somebody, you're seated and he's leaning over with his head over you. And I was like, if this old timer is going to swing on me, I'm not going to get my ass kicked while sitting down, right? So I stood up and I'm not the shortest guy in the world. I'm not the biggest dude either, but I had him by a good six inches. So just the comedy of me standing up and going from seated and a foot shorter than him to standing and a foot taller. Um, And we're just jawing at each other because he's a dick. Um, And at that point, this old school sheriff's deputy comes up and sticks his arm on my chest and looks at me in the most pleading, amazing fashion and just goes, please sit down. (laughs) (laughs) So the old timer won't stop. The judge kicked him out of the courtroom and had him escorted out by deputies and he was not allowed to come back in. I looked over. The D.A. was fucking clapping and all of the inmates were giving me a thumbs up. (laughs) It was the most hilarious thing ever. But the best part of that is the next day, the judge in the courtroom next to us was uh, he's now on may or may not be on a Supreme Court in a state. Um, But he saw me walking by in the hallway because he was in his like talking to the clerks out in the kind of open area. And he stopped, looked right at me, didn't say a goddamn word and just got into an old timey boxing stance and put (laughs) up his fist like, let's duke him out. (laughs) But I had, I kid you not, for the next month, everybody hated the other guy so much. Any courtroom I walked into, the judge would call me up to the bench and ask for a full recitation of what happened, and just be dying laughing, because every one of them wanted to do the same thing.
0: Amazing. Thanks for your service, Saul. (laughs) I do what I can. Beating up geriatrics
1: is my favorite thing.
0: Fucking hates old people, hates kids. Doesn't, Doesn't love anybody.
1: I really don't. Except your wife, right?
0: Yes, she's amazing. And me? And you. And All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to talk to you about my buddy Brad Williams over at Police Fit. You guys see him on the page every single Monday on Poorly Made Police Memes. Brad's going to help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health. Brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry, 17 years in the military, and is also a first responder. He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's Police Fit, and I'll have a link for you on the podcast description. Back to the podcast. So the next question that came in was, uh, "It was I'm going to handle this one, okay? Is that okay? I'm going to handle this one. I've been blithering enough.
1: Here. You go get them, dude.
0: So a guy wrote in and basically said he's not a cop, but he went through a concealed carry course in Minnesota. Oh, God. Minnesota. And, me stop. and the uh, instructor told him, you don't have to get out of the car when a cop tells you to, but you probably should. And so his question was, does he know what he's talking about? Every state is different. You know, we Pennsylvania versus Mims is some of my favorite case law. In fact, you could buy a coin about that through Ghostbatch. Lots of plugs for Ghostbatch, by the way, today. I know there's states where they've made their own laws to say you can't. I I feel like there's a couple on the East Coast, but I I contacted a fellow that's been on this podcast before from Minnesota and asked him, and he said, no, Pennsylvania versus MIMS applies. There's no separate law here. And And I did research too, and I couldn't find anything. So sometimes you may have somebody that, presents themselves as a subject matter expert that teaches something and they don't actually know what the fuck they're talking about so be careful i caution you on that i you know no go ahead bud Sorry,
1: i was just gonna piggyback and say there are i had a buddy who used to teach ccw classes and i would occasionally go help with the law portion just because i think a lot of people who I'm all for the second amendment. I'm all for people taking the time to learn how to protect themselves and to take their their safety and defense into their own hands. I'm a huge proponent of that. The problem is it's like anything where you get some very legit CCW classes and then you get ding dongs who took a fucking online class I'm sorry out there. If you're an NRA instructor, good for you, but not the hardest thing in the world to get. Can we all agree on that? I've met well, some NRA certified instructors who are some of the dumbest, worst people on a range that I've ever seen in my entire goddamn life. And if you think I'm wrong, send a message to PMPM and direct it to him. But <laughs> yeah, like if you're taking a CCW class or have a Loved one that wants to take one and it doesn't involve shooting, first red flag. um There's a lot of just wannabe bravado, tough guy, tactical guys that get into teaching that shit and they do not have the chops to back it up and it's obnoxious. You know who I would take that class from? The people who never talk about the shit they've done. Like that's just asinine, terrible event. Who's the, that's the, what is that idiot, the dust guy?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, the dust Yeah, guy. that's like
1: the dust of CCW classes. That's how to make things far more complicated than they need to be. Flip side of that, cops, for the love of God, please don't pull every single person out of a car on a power trip every time. Don't yell at people because they're recording you. They're fucking allowed to record you. Most of you are recording them. Stay calm and professional and do your job. If you have a legit reason to pull them out, pull them out. If you don't, don't that's my rant cool
0: all right well two things off of your ramp i i think we're starting to see less and less of these videos where kind of cops lose their mind when somebody's recording them they like you're on fucking body camera why do you care if somebody has a cell phone i get it's annoying but we we gotta we gotta move past this shit like just you know if there's an officer safety exception okay i get it but you know i've unfortunately seen it where you know people record them and they they forget how to do their job all of a sudden right or and, and turn it maybe off they the never
1: because it's it's weird
0: hey don't tell me how to live my life my bad how dare you hold on hold on a second side quest here so really weird side quest and i don't know if i want to go down this route but we're going to
1: no cameras goes in bed. So many directions right
0: now. No cameras in bed, really.
1: I've Have seen you? myself naked. Nobody else needs to see that.
0: I'm not saying. Hold on, hold on. You're twisting my words, Saul. I'm not saying for other people. I'm saying for you and your 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 significant other.
1: My wife doesn't want to see that while we're doing it. She certainly doesn't want to watch it after.
0: I think that must be a young, young person thing. I could be wrong.
1: That they're all hey, shooting the videos of everything at each other. I grew up, in I still am nervous when my kids started playing online video games where you would, you know, like zombie killer games where you're playing from somebody who's pretending to be 12 and lives in California and it's probably some 70-year-old pervert. Like that shit weirds me out. I don't, mm-mm. I don't want movies of me floating around out there.
0: Well, all right. You can't be dumb about it. And I'm not saying there's there's a, a PMPMPP <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> but it made me giggle. I can hear Scotch giggling right now thinking about the PMPMPP. But him
1: and Ahsoka both. Yeah,
0: they. I know they got nudes on their phone. I, I think everybody, uh, we know fucking Ben does for sure. He's thanking that penis for its service every fucking day.
1: Probably got videos of it swapping side to side.
0: He probably has videos of it sweating. (laughs) Flexing. Flexing his penis.
1: (laughs) We know Toby does, but he's probably crying while he's taking the photo.
0: Then he falls asleep. How how does his wife deal with that? He's like narcolepsy. They're like going at it. He's like, but anyway, just ignoring. You just got to ride it out at that point. You said write it out, but I don't know where we're going with this, but I think most people probably have allegedly photos of their significant other in a safe place, not on the cloud. Yeah, until North Korea gets it. What's North Korea? What's Kim Jong-un going to do about my nuts?
1: He's going to look at these nuts is what he's going to do.
0: Did you just say... These nuts, I sure did. These nuts, it. <laughs> <Got you. laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I don't even know what we were talking about before. You fucking weirdo! Uh, we were talking about
1: fistfights in court, and then we ended up on penises because every conversation in the history of the world always ends with dicks.
0: It's true. It's true. Oh, I, I think we we're kind of wrapping up our the instructor thing. And bad instructors and, and I think honestly that can apply in the police world too. You gotta be careful with that. Um yeah, I mean I've I've seen in house instructors that I know were shitty cops and you know, they're trained or they're not trained, but they're they're the ones teaching new recruits or in service or did that fart come all the way through? It was a good rep. Sure honestly. did. Did it really? Yep. Well done. Um, but then you've also seen, uh, I, I'm sure it happens with training companies too. Guys that are like, huh, I'm going to start a training company as a side business. Just vet. you know. It's so easy to do whatever you want these days. And I don't know if there's any real standards for training companies either. So just be careful with that stuff. And something doesn't just don't follow people blindly. I guess would be my thing like I, hey if you follow anything I say and take anything I say as like fucking gospel be careful about that I mean I'm half the time I'm farting into my microphone and talking about penises but it's just so easy like you get look how many fucking tactical fucking pages are there on Instagram and Facebook and shit how the fuck do you even know any of these fucking people know what the fuck they're talking about and, and it's hard sometimes to vet Shit, but I mean, fuck. I Googled something today, a very simple question. I, uh, the top two results were completely different answers. Nobody knows anything, so just be careful, is what I'm saying here. And don't, trust I always, even... c- no, go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say, I always very much like instructors who say, this is how i do it this is why i do it this way but there are other ways to do it and if it works for you it works for you but i think the more training and stuff you do the more quickly you can figure out um just kind of what's bullshit entertainment and what's not but yeah i actually enjoy when instructors are talking and it's clear it's the (laughs) it's the old uh Everybody can probably identify with this. Have you watched the entire Park and Rec series, or have you not?
0: I have. I have.
1: When Ron Swanson is in the hardware store, and the guy comes up to him and says, can I help you? And he just looks at him and goes, I know more than you, and walks on. Like I'm sure most people listening to this have been in a class where you are not learning a single goddamn thing, and the people teaching it know far less than you do. Um, It's just amusing, and take it for what it is, but... Don't also be that asshole that tries to show up the instructor (laughs) because that's kind of a dick move. But
0: Well, and they go on a little side rant here, and this is actually something I've actually heard Ben talk about, is not specifically relating to this, but sometimes it is good to go back to the basics a little bit. And sometimes hearing something for the second or third time, maybe something clicks a little bit differently where you see it in a different light. Whenever I get caught into one of these scenarios and it happens where you're like, well, I'm fucking, I've done something like this before, you can, you have two choices. You can fucking tune out or you can take it for what it's worth and try to get something new out of it that'll help you make, hopefully make you a better cop.
1: Whether it's lawyers or
0: cops, I always tell people the same thing.
1: If I'm teaching a group of 60 lawyers and I look at them, I'm like, look, here's the thing. I've done more than you, which is why I'm teaching you. But here's what I need you to know. If you do something that's super smooth and I love it and I've never seen it or thought of it that way before, I don't care if you've been a lawyer for 10 minutes. If it's something I can use and it works, I'm stealing it and I'm putting it in my tool bag. So. You know, you might be watching somebody do something that's asinine and stupid for 99% of the time. But there's always, I've rarely sat through a class where there's not one thing that I can take and apply to what I like to do.
0: What do you like to do? Pegging, mostly. Yeah. I'm a a bottom. (laughs) On that note, I found the other DUI question. I like the what if game. So I like this question. If you find a car parked on the side of the road, never seen in motion, and the driver is drunk, the driver is shit-faced and said they drove the vehicle, would that be enough PC to arrest for DUI after a standard field sobriety test? And then he added, I typically won't arrest DUI without um, TC, Or that I see driving myself. I've been told a declaration of driving from the driver is enough, but I've never felt comfortable enough making that arrest. What do you think, Saul?
1: Are the keys in the ignition? Is the car on? I don't know. Because a lot of jurisdictions, that's what you need for actual physical control is to have the vehicle either running or the keys in the ignition. So that's something I would look for and note. I will say that this has changed greatly since I stopped practicing criminal law. Back when I tried it, I did not try this case, but if you were in a vehicle, even if it was fucking inoperable, there was a a case in a jurisdiction that I practiced in, this would have been early 2000s, so we're talking 20 years ago, where a guy got convicted of a DUI in his driveway and the car was up on blocks. It was physically impossible for him to drive that car but he got convicted of a DUI because he was in actual physical control of a motor vehicle. I thought that was absolutely fucking asinine. But those are the factors that I would say to look to is, is the car on and and, or are the keys in the ignition? You have a much stronger argument there. What if the dude's just sleeping it off on the side of the road?
0: Yeah, but I mean, with the declaration, like, let's just say devil's advocate here. Let's just say you pull up guy's fucking shit face hammered car is off, but he tells you, I just got here. I drove here. This is my car. You could, you know, ask him very specifically, you know, do you have the keys? Were the keys in the ignition and establish that? I would say based on the declaration, in my humble opinion, and I'm not a lawyer, I would say it's PC. Is he going to get convicted? I don't know, but I would say it's PC. No doubt in my mind. Well, yeah, but look to other things too, right? Like, is the car warm? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm just saying, yeah, perfect world. Like, the car's warm. It looks like the car just got there. The guy says he just drove there. He said nobody else was in the car with him. He has the keys. I would say it's PC.
1: And I'm I'm talking more to the younger guys now that, you know, might start overthinking it a bit. Like, look – You know, are there fresh tracks? Did it rain? Did it snow? Is it obviously clearly just pulled over? Is the car inside warm? Is the heater on? Is the, you know, is the hood warm? That's all the little things you can go out of your way to document in the car that make it far more likely under the totality of the circumstances that he just drove there. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot of empathy or sympathy for drunk drivers. I'm a huge fan of fucking take a swing at it and document it. If you can look yourself in the mirror at the end of the night and say, you know, you're not jamming people up just for sport to jam them up, then freaking do it. But I guarantee your department's going to have a policy on what you need in order to establish PC in that circumstance, whether it's keys or driving. Back in the day, if you just were in the car with no keys, you were getting hit for a DUI. If you were sleeping in the back seat, you were going to get charged with a DUI. Good if you're butt chugging tequila in the back of your car, you're gonna get a DUI.
0: I, um, what the hell was I gonna say about DUIs? Shit,
1: (laughs) we went on a you're gonna love this while you're thinking. So, um, have you seen the movie Cock Blockers with John Cena? I have not. It's pretty goddamn funny, but for some reason, they end up going to this like high school party, and John Cena, um gets like roped into having to butt chug a beer with a funnel up his ass. The tube goes up his ass, but it leads to a funnel and he's butt chugging the beer. We had to go check on a potentially suicidal kid on an anonymous tip. And we walked into the house and they had just paused the movie right at the point where John Cena was sticking the butt funnel up his ass. And it was the hardest time I've ever had keeping a straight face while talking to a kid about whether or not they wanted to kill themselves. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's that's amazing so i feel like a memo went out a couple years ago for like all the shit bags if they get in a wreck run home Oh start God. drinking at home chug because that takes that takes the dui away it's like well i'm drunk now it's because i fucking went home and was drinking i don't know what you're talking about officer
1: all the time and not wrong Good luck getting around that.
0: Yeah, I've there I remember that happened. I feel like it happened like four or five times within a span of a fucking month. And one was like a pretty serious accident, and there was a lot of debate amongst all of us if we should arrest them. And I'd say, Well, what do you know? I mean, do you know if they're drunk? If if somebody on scene says, Yeah, I smell alcohol on him. I may, you know, you know, you have the PC for the hit and run, right? If they identify him and all that stuff. I may try to fucking hit him with the Dewey and let the court figure it out down the line. Uh, I would, I could make an argument for PC based on witness statements and stuff, but I would, I would say it's probably not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you had physical interaction and somebody noticed in dish of alcohol, they smelled like alcohol, were stumbling, yada, yada, yada. But if they just do a hit and run and take off and nobody actually has physical contact, um, I had a recent civil lawsuit where there's a significant accident. And one of the defendants did just that, took off, went to a strip club and started down in drinks and they couldn't establish what alcohol was on board before the accident or after the accident while he was looking at titties
0: what a fucking man that's a real man of genius right there fucking get in a car accident run down old shotgun willies what are you going to do? no one's going to get you prove it
1: look down the double barrel
0: have you ever been to shotgun willies? I've never been (laughs) so here's buy it
1: this is gonna be way too long of a nobody's gonna care but i do not understand strip clubs to me a strip club is like if you go to a candy store and you're like you know what i really like chocolate but what i'm gonna have you do is hold it an inch from my nose so i can smell it (laughs) and i'm gonna give you a dollar to smell it but i can't touch it and i can't eat it it makes no sense to me um But the most fun thing to me at strip clubs is watching the guy who drops his entire paycheck on a stripper because he actually thinks they like him. And so I still remember to this day, um, may or may not have been in law school to a strip club that may or may not have been mentioned. (laughs) And somebody put a dollar bill in front of me and the stripper came out. She was very attractive. Allegedly. Um, and like leaned over and was trying to make chit chat. I do not have that thing where I can suspend disbelief. I seriously looked this woman right in the eye and I went, dude, we both know what this is. You're you're very attractive. You're not interested in me at all. Take the dollar. Thank you. Have a nice day. Like, I, I just, I can't do it. Um, but sitting there watching them like just fleece dudes who are stupid enough to think that's going somewhere is the most amazing thing ever. And if Did you're a copywriter, learn... please just stop.
0: Yeah, let's, let's ask him for a I can save her, though. Um, I would say if anybody takes anything away from this podcast, is that she doesn't love you and do not spend all your money on her. You know, if she does a good job, you know, put some dollar bills in her waist. Okay. Don't go beyond that. Okay. I I actually agree with you on the strip club thing. I, I've i been a few times with, like, my brother. Actually, the only times I've been were with my brother. Fucking asshole. Um, the first time I went, it was uh, disgusting. You know, it's like, you know, you see the jokes about, like, you can still see the knife wounds and stuff. It was pretty bad. Um, not, not a good time. And then the next time we went was a, a few years later at a more classy establishment. And it was a little bit better, but I just I was the DD that night. And so I, it was really great people watching, you know, watching the drunks, dealing with the girls and giving away their money. And the girls very obviously, you know, trying to deceive deceive you for their for money, you know, that they like you. And the whole the whole thing. And I'm going to sound like a little bit of a square here. It's just kind of it's just kind of cringy. It's not I don't know. Not a big fan. Either. That's
1: somebody's daughter.
0: But I do enjoy porn. So the logic doesn't really check out.
1: That's also somebody's daughter and they may or may not be porking them. Wait, depending the on what kind of search you're doing.
0: Okay, we don't we don't do that here. Saul, what what are you looking for? What's wrong? Sorry with you? step bro, my bad. <laughs> porn is the devil too though. But I won't go as far. All right, I got to tell the story cuz we're talking about it cuz it cracks me up there's a page it's called survive policing. And I only see it because people put it in their stories or occasionally, you know, it comes up on my feed is, you know, you might like this page and some of the points this guy makes are, are fine. They're pretty good points, but a couple times, and I think people bring it to my attention because they think, you know, they know, I think it's funny is this guy. Like that'll be his thing. Like his post will be like, stop masturbating. And I'm like, of all the problems in law enforcement, this is the one. This is the one we're going to pick on. Like, let's fix everything else. Let's got guys can beat their meat. Okay, just let them fucking beat their meat, okay? It's probably better, you know, to get some fucking post-nut clarity before you go to work anyway so you make good decisions at work. But like, this guy kind of cracks me up. And I don't know who he is, but he charges people to be in his group. And, you know, he's I think he said on there he was like a 10-year veteran and he's going to tell you how to survive your career but no one knows how he is kind of back to this conversation we had a minute ago about you know the, these people training you and stuff and and be careful what they're telling you somebody doesn't even identify themselves they're going to charge you 10 bucks to learn how to be a better cop i would be very suspicious of that and frankly I think you... you're dumb if you give them money
1: you're it's a super underrated movie, and I haven't seen it in a long time. Have you seen the movie with Mel Gibson uh Ransom? No. It's it's kind of a good thriller movie. Um, not Michael Jackson thriller, the genre. But Hey-o. um, there's a great scene where the kidnappers, two of them are arguing with each other. I think it may be Donnie fucking Wahlberg, actually, but One of the other kidnappers is drinking. And one of kidnapper A yells at kidnapper B for drinking. And he has this great line because they're babysitting this kid who's been kidnapped for a ransom. And the guy just very dryly looks into the camera and goes, it's all right, though, because at least I'm not drinking with the kid. So that's what I always think of when people are doing shit like in their private life. like If you're looking at porn, like, good on you. Maybe don't do it with people you have in custody or don't do it at the substation, you know, or don't bang your coworkers. Just, you know, all things, just, you know, tuck them away.
0: Think about maybe, it. Maybe, maybe if you're the chief of police, maybe don't try to get nudies of your officers. I don't know. I think that would be good advice. Oh, God, a that oh yeah. The, uh, the chief with the Laverne, he was kind of in on this whole thing.
1: Oh goddamn! I didn't she's think that thing rich. could get any worse. Yeah,
0: she's gonna be rich. Um, but there, the survive the police or survive policing guy. There's, I got your next post done. Don't don't try and get nudies to your co-workers. I would get some. I could get behind that one. Can we just anyway, agree
1: on Laverne that everybody was an adult and everybody sucks for very different reasons, both literally and figuratively?
0: You know. I think this goes into this whole thing we talked about earlier with the DUIs and the downfall of society. People just have, like, no fucking restraint anymore, and we've made it – we always go too far, right? We've made it – I think it's okay to make a mistake, okay? But we've we've made, like, make a mistake into um, – we were talking about Parks and Rec the, – uh, the treat yourself. Mistakes are treating yourself now. Like, you want to fucking get fucked by that dude? Treat yourself. You want to suck a dick? Treat yourself. And it's not like frown, like nothing's frowned upon anymore, which I think it's great that we have an accepting society, but it's gone, like, it's too accepting, which I know kind of sounds counterintuitive to being accepting. Like, leave each other alone. Let people do what they're going to do. Don't hurt anybody, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, hurting people goes beyond physically, you know, or hurting other people or hurting people in your relationships, hurting yourself. But everything's okay now. Everything's fucking okay. And people get caught up in the shit, I think, because there's no moral compass anymore. There's no yeah, some, right and wrong. Some boundaries are good. Yes. So, and they don't big boundaries, man. A big wide fucking field. I'm good with that. There has to be some sort of boundaries. Can't go just on forever. Everything's okay. Drag queens reading children's books and, and dragons, public schools, boundaries. I don't fucking know. What do I know? Anyway, we went there. We should probably. This has not been the Law Odyssey. This has been the Not Law Odyssey.
1: This has been the typical rant that we generally do. Do you have any other law questions we can button up real quick so we can pretend we've been productive?
0: Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think we've kind of talked about this before, but it's probably worth bringing up. Why are felonies being dropped to misdemeanors?
1: That's, oh, God, you could spend three days on that. So the problem is most jurisdictions, if you're in any sort of, larger area with a significant population, you cannot possibly run the numbers to try all the felony cases in the calendar days that you have available to do it while everybody's jockeying for speedy trial. I have sat in court where I am one of 24 lawyers. I counted once that was the record. I had 24 lawyers in the courtroom. Everybody was setting cases for trial and everything else. I'd roll into trial eight deep. Um, And I was not the only attorney assigned to that classroom or to that courtroom. You can't try all the cases. So plea bargains are a necessary evil that have to occur. The problem I have now, um, and I don't know if I'd get flack for this or not, is I'm trying to figure out the artful PC way to say this. Most district attorneys now are giant pussies.
0: You don't say.
1: Yeah, I, I just even when I talk to them, like in, you know, like we'll do wet labs, and I'll volunteer for those and help shuffle drinks around to people and everything else. And we'll have young DAs come. I cannot stand anything more than young DAs, but they're also afraid of their records. I respect trial lawyers more than think they have enough to get a conviction, know it's the right thing to do and they take a swing and miss. I'll respect that all day every day over the DA who is just dumping cases left and right either because they're a progressive dillhole who thinks that somebody's going to learn their lesson or they're afraid to hurt their record. As oh god, I'm like ranting tonight. You can tell me to shut the fuck up. So you rate i don't want to de- anymore <laughs> early as a public defender i learned this lesson i went in to my public defender career naive and thinking that i was going to change the lives of one of every maybe 10 defendants that i represented right that is 25 year old young eager public defender by the time i left 8 years later i realized that number was more closer to one in a thousand maybe if I had a nun come back on a probation violation, I wouldn't have been shocked. Um, <laughs> I thought this. So I'll give you an example. I may or may not have allegedly represented a dude who may or may not have shot somebody point blank in the chest. Ooh. The guy who got shot in the chest was an old school DOC guy that was like, I didn't see shit. Right. Like, I at least got to respect that he he's like, I'm not snitching on anybody. I'm like, dude, you got shot in the fucking chest. So, and I don't know if I told this story before, but this guy got a huge break and he got decades of his life back because the case was dismissed because the victim wouldn't cooperate. And I gave him the young public defender speech of, you got your life back. You can go turn over a new leaf. You go be productive in society. That's what I sounded like. Um, three months You're later. like Benjamin that, Button. You yeah. were older. Okay. Three months later, that dickhead came back into court on an advisal because he got caught dealing drugs and was again looking at decades in prison. And I was like, did you learn a fucking thing? No. No, he didn't. It's like, yeah. It's just it's very rare that you actually and I know Ben has talked about it with like trying to help homeless people or addicts. We all have those stories where you try to help people until people want to get better or change. They're not fucking going to. So when these idiot progressives are like, oh, you have multiple gun convictions and you've done violent things and we're going to let you out and suddenly you're going to change everything about your makeup and your character. And you're going to undo a lifelong trend of bad decisions. And suddenly you're going to pull it out and be a
0: good person. It's just naive and fucking
1: stupid. That's my
0: rant. I don't know. I don't even know where to fucking start there. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I try to be very, I try to be understanding of people's positions. And that's one of those things. And there's multiple things. But that's one of those things where I just, I can't, I can't understand that. Like, I get if it's like a kid or something does something stupid. Okay, you went fucking joyriding, you crashed a car, you were 16, you did something dumb. Okay, all right, you know, do some community service or whatever, don't fucking do it again kind of thing. But when you have people with violent crimes, like, I don't know what the solution is to save people and to, because I think at the end of the day, we want a society where people are productive. And I know there's this big group that they don't want people in jail. Okay, where else do these people go that is not even being unproductive, it's being counterproductive. Where do these people that are being counterproductive to our society, holding people back? victimizing their community continually habitually what are we going to do with them what's the solution there where is it what is it tell me please
1: not everybody belongs in prison but some people sure as fuck do and they've earned it so i i have no problem sharing this i have been a finalist for judge positions previously one of the interview questions they like to ask when you're meeting with the panel who's making these decisions is would you comfortably be be able to sentence somebody to prison for extended very lengthy periods of time and i have friends on the bench who have struggled with that very question and they're very good lawyers very good people And I would rather have a judge struggling with that decision than somebody who does it in a flippant manner. But what I said and what I firmly believe is throughout my career of handling criminal cases, it's pretty obvious who needs to go to prison. And I would sleep like a baby because they earned it. I mean, I've handled cases where people have been duct taped to chairs and stabbed. I've handled cases where somebody claimed a nine-year-old came on to them. I've handled cases where somebody boiled a baby to death. I mean, there's really messed up shit that when people go to prison, they fucking earned it. And to sit there and say that it's, I don't know, rude and unfair to criminals when they have to go and actually atone for the absolutely horrible shit they've done is just baffling to me. And I don't understand how we've gotten to this point in just i mean the difference in criminal law and punishment in the 13 years since i stopped doing it is mind-blowing and this trend just can't continue because good people are getting fucking killed i mean look at mr pelosi who's just trying to hang out in his underwear and gets bashed with a hammer nothing weird going on there at all and nobody is yelling at their their stereo right now as to what activities may or may not have preceded hammering it may have been a different kind of hammering that was going on before the hammer came out but like i don't know call me crazy people should be safe in their homes back when i was practicing criminal law if you broke into somebody's house you were going to prison period and that's the way it should be you shouldn't be allowed to go into people's fucking homes.
0: Yeah, burglaries are a fucking joke now.
1: It just blows my mind. Um, I, I just I don't get it. And I have friends that are on the progressive leaning side, and I say the same thing to them, and I'm like, okay. I'll talk to you after somebody breaks into your home and does something to your family. Because they don't get it. Most of the lawyers I deal with, most of the DAs I deal with are fucking coddled, sheltered, one step away from. I know most cops are going to be like, we got it. Preach the disconnect in a courtroom versus what you see on the street level. I have the perspective of seeing both and I appreciate it and I'm cognizant of it. What you see in a courtroom is sanitized and vastly different than what everybody listening to this podcast deals with on the street and the only way to bridge that gap is to have people who actually have experience on the street level in the trenches but you don't get that you get a bunch of lily white motherfuckers who've never been in any bad or dangerous situation in their life and they're like oh well i think this defendant said he's sorry and therefore we should really give him a chance i mean he only stabbed three people he didn't really mean it it's fucking obnoxious. I don't get it. I'm just ranting and getting irrationally angry. I apologize.
0: No, it's okay. It, here's what's weird though: is the people that are pro criminal justice reform, they, you know, like I, I've I've seen some. Oh, we need the police back stuff. I've seen that. Okay, but as far as like the reform stuff goes. It's just getting worse and worse and they're digging their heels in the sand and it'd be one thing if you know we we let all these people out and good things happen these people turn their lives around but that's not happening you know we're not seeing the results. So yeah I get it's a human a human being right makes a mistake. do they need to sit in, in jail forever? Maybe maybe not. Fine, we can debate that. But the thing that's never put in the picture is the actual victims. How they felt, what they're going to deal with for the rest of their lives. I mean, you know, I've talked about it on this podcast before I had a guy pull a gun on me. It fucks with me on a a fairly regular basis. And yeah, that that dude's going to be in jail for a long time. But I'm still dealing with it. You know, the, the traumatic crime victims and even the minor stuff. If somebody break into your house, I could fuck with somebody for a long time. Somebody steals your car, somebody does whatever to you. No one thinks about that. You know, we're, we're so quick to how can we how can we restore this person back into the community rather than i am sorry man and and maybe this isn't a christian thing to say but i fucking people need punished sometimes and we're not doing that
1: i know i need to be spanked from time to time
0: yeah that took a weird (laughs) turn (laughs) no it's so here's the problem i
1: have and this is the whole the justice system is just getting fucked right now and it this could be a three-day conversation but there are certain crimes where we used to all roll our eyes in court when a victim of a forgery stood up and said, you know, the cleaning person stole a check and forged a $100 check and they would, like, cry and act like their world was destroyed and we'd all sit there being like, shut the fuck up. The case that's getting called after you, the person got stabbed 14 times, have a little perspective. The problem, though, now is We're feeling sorry and making excuses for the person who stabbed somebody 14 times. You know what I think? I think the person who was stabbed 14 times didn't deserve to have extra holes in their body. And I don't care what race, religion, orientation. I don't give a shit what you identify as. You probably don't deserve to be stabbed. Um, And I think that's the really frustrating part for everybody out there in the good fight is we've just blurred these lines of, since when did the criminals become the fucking victims? It's obnoxious. I hate every bit of it.
0: You know, here's what's weird, though. It doesn't exist everywhere. And that is why everyone should leave the cities, leave the suburbs. You know what? Actually, take that back. You guys all fucking stay there. Don't ruin rural America because it's fucking awesome
1: yeah, and if you're in California right now, fucking stay in California. Nobody wants you.
0: Except one person we both mutually know. Who we love, but they're not even from there. <laughs> um, You know what cracks me up? And I fucking love it. I At first, I was like, this is fucking weird. They play on the radio out here. They play the crime blotter. When people get arrested, right? And it's so and so was stopped and taken to jail for suspended drivers and license and a $500 bond. It blows my mind because I've written people tickets for that and tell them, please don't drive and drive away, knowing full well they're going to drive. People here are going to fucking jail for suspended licenses. It's awesome. It's and I
1: just would encourage everybody, think when you vote. Um, I'm a huge fan of democracy, but holy shit, when we have so many dumbasses move into particular states and completely ruin everything that used to be good about them. Um, back in the day, and we would make fun of them for doing this, driving under revocation. If you got caught on multiple of those, you would go to jail. It was fucking crazy, but we would have DAs that would plead somebody out on a driving under revocation. Then go to the window of the courthouse, watch them walk out of their car, get into it, call the police and have them pulled over as they're leaving court.
0: (laughs) That doesn't happen now, I'm sure. No,
1: and I didn't even feel bad for them because I would sit there and argue with people for hours. They'd be like, I don't, I can't go to jail. I wasn't drinking. Well, I know. you're not charged with drinking you're charging charged with driving without a license for the 10th fucking time but I wasn't drinking I know you can't be driving but I wasn't drinking like I don't I don't know there's a certain percentage of our population that's just fucking hopeless and can't abide by any rules whatsoever but I don't know um, it's like fishing you catch the dumb ones you throw them back in you catch them again and you throw them back in And at least you get to keep catching them. Some people just enjoy the art of
0: fishing. Yeah. And I I appreciate the guys that like fishing because they're like, well, I can't do anything about it. I'm a classic overthinker. And when I would go fishing and then the DA would take my fish off the hook and throw it back in, I'd question why I'm fishing in the first place.
1: Yeah. You just have to enjoy the hide and seek nature of it or you're going to drive yourself bonkers. I always say when when I teach you can't. If you start consuming your mind with what happens downstream, you're going to lose the ability to effectively do your job. You just got to focus on what's right in front of you and what happens down the road happens down the road. I know it's easier said than done, but you can't control that. And it is going to ebb and flow. You've already seen this tide starting to turn where people are like, oh, it's weird that crime is increasing. Like, no shit. All of us were saying that five years ago. It's just most people are stupid and I can't deal with it. And humanity is doomed. And if anybody has a compound I can hang out at when the world ends, let me know. Hit me up.
0: I'll be serving Kool Aid. Yeah.
1: Was that Jonestown or Johnstown?
0: Something Jonestown? like that. Something like that. I was, you know, it's weird that came up because I was reading about that the other day. Crazy story. Uh, let's do some legal questions here. How does he sleep at night thinking that STP and Pearl Jam don't sound exactly like? Oh my God, go fuck yourself. Was that my homie (laughs) that sent that shit in? I can only assume. Fuck you. Fuck
1: you twice. Okay. A, both great bands. We can all agree Pearl Jam, STP. If you grew up listening to music after the 90s, your brain is broken and I feel bad for you. You had a terrible upbringing. Pearl Jam is amazing. They're, first album only was not amazing you dick bag lloyd
0: only 10 was I, amazing everything else I, is shit. I celebrate the entire catalog
1: them and michael bolton all of it so G-D! i the first pearl jam album i owned i still remember rocking out pearl jam as i was going to driver's ed and listening to it on my tape deck For all you young bastard motherfuckers out there, a tape was something that you actually had to rewind and you just couldn't skip from song to song. You had to listen to music like a pioneer and it taught you to
0: appreciate it.
1: And it taught you to appreciate Pearl Jam, you fucking millennial fucks. All right, thank you.
0: Pearl Jam's dog shit. You know what's funny is uh, I got a notification from Metallica that they are going to put their new album on cassette tape, which I thought was pretty fucking funny. That's legit. I applaud that. Do you remember uh, getting a, uh, God, I, I feel so bad for how much money I probably spent of my parents getting the blank tapes and recording songs off the radio. Do you remember doing that?
1: Oh, my God. And when you would sit around and listen for hours on the uh, Mm -hmm. dedication nights just to see if that person that you liked was going to dedicate some bullshit song to you on the radio. And the DJ had to read like a hundred junior high asshole (laughs) names before they played a song. But if little Cindy Lou dedicated Let's Get It On To You, you knew you were in good.
0: A simpler time.
1: I feel bad for kids nowadays. None of you guys have ever probably gone to a skating rink. You don't even talk to each other anymore. You don't know how to talk to each other anymore. You sit at a bar and fucking match on Tinder. I weep for all of you.
0: You listen to shitty podcasts with some guy in his basement. Um, America. America. All right. Here's a I feel like I've had a real bad case of the ums this episode. I apologize. It's like the first episode. Um best private legal pre- representation to protect yourself from work-related issues I I don't really know what they're asking per se. I'm sure you couldn't say who the best lawyer is to get. So let me let me phrase it this way uh oh, one of the questions they had was best business to hide family info from public surface searches as a leo that would be officer privacy (laughs) officer privacy who i
1: proudly have the weirdest thing is when we were public defenders we would have something similar to that it was different but back in the day before the internet was so prolific you could sign up through government agencies to have your information hidden because believe it or not my life was threatened more as a public defender than it has been doing law enforcement stuff um but yeah use that shit with yeah. regard to law firms everything is very specialized now and i would strongly encourage everybody out there i belong to the fop i pay dues every month and i own a law firm i do it because i believe in kicking into the system for the greater good to help people out who don't have that ability um but it's a specialized area most people who defend cops A lot of them are ex-prosecutors. Do not skimp on that. Pay into your FOP so that if you're involved in something, you can have counsel there with you. It makes a big difference, especially if they know what they're doing. Um, And if they show up and you don't like them, you can switch later. But get that initial layer of protection. It's going to make you uh, a lot safer and a lot better off. I cannot encourage that enough.
0: I don't know if this is out of your expertise. I know this was a question coming up. Was I know everything. Okay, perfect. If you go in and you're put under Garrity, would you advise having a lawyer present for that?
1: Yeah. I always advise having a lawyer present. Whether you're a criminal defendant or under Garrity, yeah. Have your lawyer there with you. Now, to be clear with Garrity, that means if you refuse to give a statement and don't cooperate, they can terminate your employment, right?
0: Yeah. So that was my thing with Garrity is you're you're fucking compelled to talk anyway.
1: You are, but there are certain situations where if I'm your attorney and you tell me something that is not good, I understand that under Garrity they can't use that against you in court, right? But I might tell you, uh, just take the – l on your career bro you got bigger fish to fry right now
0: take the l on your career <laughs> <laughs> just, just go ahead.
1: like you're you're you got some problems right like yeah
0: yeah i don't that's interesting i feel like if you were in such a bad and i'm speaking off the cuff here but if you were in such a bad spot that you'd need a lawyer for garrity That kind of leads me to believe you're probably doing some shit that's extracurricular.
1: Well, yeah, but not necessarily. Like, look at that poor guy, and I wish I knew his name to give him props, but the poor guy in Atlanta, they got haymakered at the Wendy's, and then the guy shot the taser at him. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, what did he do I mean, nothing. He got his job back. Well, yeah, eventually, dude had to crawl through some shit like Shawshank.
0: Dude, he could have had, uh, uh, who's OJ's lawyer? He was, he was going to get fired anyway.
1: Johnny Cochran?
0: Was, he could have had Johnny Cochran. He's going to get fired. It was right after all the shit that was going on. It was That was the second thing right after George Floyd, right? Like, that was the big thing that happened right after George Floyd within, like, days or something, wasn't it? Maybe within the month.
1: Yeah, you just, you don't know what you're going to get sucked into. So that's why I'm a huge fan of, you know what? We have the Constitution for a reason. You have the right to legal counsel for a reason. I don't even begrudge piece of shit, shit shitbags when they lawyer up.
0: I'm like, that's your constitutional right. Cool. Um, Oh, no, I I, I don't disagree with, I mean, I got to be honest, man. Uh, There was times people, I'm like, oh, my God, lawyer up dude! you, fucking idiot. Like I almost want to be like, hey, do you, do you want a lawyer? <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, but specifically with Gary, I'm just I'm thinking through that. I mean, I'm sure there's always a time and place. I'm I'm not advocating not to get a lawyer, but I mean, get a lawyer, I suppose. Because I I we, we I had a friend that was going through something, and I was like, huh, I didn't even know you could bring a lawyer to something like that. But yeah, I and I don't lawyers do for everything.
1: That line of work. Um, just to be perfectly clear for everybody out there, but especially if you don't overly trust your brass, if you don't trust your city or state authorities or whatever's politically going on where you're at. Like if you're in Iowa, you're probably gonna be fine because they still have a fucking brain cell working. And I love people who are more salt of the earth and fucking normal. But if you get into certain jurisdictions, like if you're in LA, I wouldn't fucking do anything without a lawyer. I'd have a lawyer in my squad car. What's the dumb shit? Babe? My shot. I have a lawyer in my shot. And then I'd take my radio out of my belt without a headset or without a microphone and I would talk into it and I would ask for my lawyer.
0: You know, it got away from us on that podcast with Sipowitz, but I didn't really get an explanation on why they don't believe in. Mics, lapel mics, or the, the uh, earpiece. That makes no fucking Why sense. The
1: fuck would you ever not have an earpiece? Why do you want any piece of shit hearing any of your radio traffic ever? If will you do me a favor? Will you put out a poll so people can vote on earpiece or no earpiece? Because the fact that if somebody was making fun of me for having an earpiece, I would. I'd fucking headbutt them.
0: Especially if Unless they were you're bigger old. Than me.
1: Yeah. Like if grandpa's like, back in my day, we used a courier pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I I just, it I don't understand the rationale. Other than it's like old school tradition bullshit. And then you're in the territory of that's the way we've always done it. Great fucking argument. My bad. Okay. So
0: here's another good legal question. Is it gay if it's a three-way?
1: Depends. Are you gay for the stay? And who are you doing the three-way with?
0: So, by the way, I I don't know where this falls in, but there's South Park did an excellent clip, or an excellent episode, rather. Have you seen the South Park episode with a motorcyclist and they call them fags? <sighs> and the kids get in trouble for calling them fags. And they shouldn't use that word. And they they basically they they had the difference of what a fag means versus what a uh, gay means. Have you ever seen that episode? I have not. I love South Park, but I haven't watched it in years. It's a it's a older one. It's it's fucking great. But the, the idea was it is like the motorcyclists are fucking driving through town, revving their fucking bikes up. You can't fucking hear anything, and they yelled at one of them that they were a fag, and they got in trouble for it. it it's a fucking hilarious episode, but. I don't know what that thought made me think of it but I don't think it's necessarily gay to be in a three way but I think we need more information to answer that question. I mean if it's three well, dudes goes, well, I think we know the answer. That
1: goes back to the Eiffel Tower thing like I don't I don't know. People are just wired differently but I wouldn't want to be like in a oh god, I was going to say a pig roast type situation because I don't <laughs> know how <else> to explain <laughs> it. <laughs> More, more for the the logistical, um, like of having the spit in (laughs) each end. Rather, I'm not calling anybody fat or making any connotations of that, but that's a whole other stash conversation. And we talked about it on that swinger episode. Like, how on earth you're looking at somebody else and be like, "Hi, how are you doing today, Bill?" Is your penis enjoying the south end while I'm in the north end? Like, fucking, I don't, I don't get it. I but if it's me <laughs> and two women, I can't please one woman at a time. I don't even know
0: what I would do. With That's two. my fucking I, joke, you asshole. I would be lost. I, I like, what
1: What am I going to do there? Do you want to look at my toy police cars? Um, yeah, like, I'm way too fucking lame for that.
0: <laughs> the pig crust. I see the title of the podcast now. (laughs) The Law Odyssey 3, The Pig Roast. Pig Roast. And you don't find out what it is until way into the podcast. But I would say if it was like not your girlfriend, not your wife, and it was like you and a buddy, I could see that. You know, you're never going to see this person again, or it's like a, a fling or something like that. Okay, why not? No eye contact, no touching, obviously. Why not? You gotta if
1: disagree you... with your police work there,
0: Lou. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Life's short. If you want to have a fucking seven so roast, roast, Like,
1: I feel like having two... Ch- so, like, the funny joke... I love my wife to death. She's hilarious. Before I jumped on this podcast, I said... I need to tell you something, and she said, "You're finally going to admit you're gay." I swear to God, there was no hesitation. It happened right away, and I about peed myself. I was laughing so hard. But we've had conversations before where I was like, "Seriously, could you ever do a three-way?" And she's like, "Me and two dudes." And I'm like, "No, no, no, no. That doesn't exist. <laughs>
2: that's that's not the way it goes. It's
1: <laughs>
0: always always one dude, two checks." All I'm saying is beggars can't be choosers. That's all I'm saying.
1: You're going to front door and back door at the same time and have your balls rubbing somebody's shaft?
0: Why would they be? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. where you're going? I'm going pig roast. I I couldn't do the, yeah, that's too close. Pig roast I could do. What if you're human centipeding and nobody makes eye contact? No, can't do that. Okay, well, I was even thinking about like like a train situation. I don't think I could do that. Like, I if if I was in the oh my god, what are, what are we talking about? But if I was in the pig roast situation, <laughs> I don't. I think you have to make like, all right, I got the front, you got the back, and that's 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 where you're at. You know, like there's it's no like, switching. It's like bridesmaids.
1: Look away! Look away!
0: I haven't seen that movie also.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Everybody who has, that's the
1: quite possibly one of the funniest movie scenes ever. You need to watch that movie.
0: Is it Melissa McCarthy's in that movie, right?
1: Yes. And they all get diarrhea from food poisoning and are throwing up and shitting themselves in <laughs> a bridal dress shop. And Melissa McCarthy... Jumps on the sink and is shitting in the sink while somebody else is throwing up in the toilet, and she's yelling at them, "Look
0: away! Look away!" Thanks for ruining the movie for me,
1: Dick. Dude, if you haven't seen spoiler it in alert, ten years it's been out. I don't feel bad for you, and you should punch yourself in the head while you're Done. pig roasting. Pig roasting.
0: I, okay, riddle me this though: You're a young man or an old man, and you've had a little bit of a dry spell. And the opportunity comes up. That might be a sacrifice you make. You're like, well. You know, it just I'll do my thing. He does his thing. You know, we're, we're like three feet apart. No one says a word.
1: I'm sadly at the age in my life where I'm like that or a good pair of sweatpants and a glass of whiskey in my couch. I'm fucking couching it, bro.
0: I hope I hope you never happen to me. <laughs> I want to be horny forever.
1: Okay, There's at least like note. three people out there that understand what I'm talking about. We're like, ooh, sweatpants.
0: I don't have to worry ooh, about her. anything
1: burning when I pee. Okay,
0: legal questions, because this is the Pig Roast Legal Podcast. This is actually this is a really good question, because I've kind of wondered this myself. I'd be curious what your take is. What a family slash victim have enough ground to file a lawsuit against an agency slash officer who fails to act. The example is chase a subject who is fleeing from an assault felony, weapons, crime due to policy restrictions. Uh, For instance, the suspect flourishes. I like that floor flourishes. I don't think that's the word you meant to use. For instance, the suspect flashes a gun and threatens to kill a victim. Elio gets behind the suspect who flees and due to the chase policy, they cannot chase. A few hours later, and the same suspect proceeds to shoot and kill the victim.
1: So that's kind of the damned if you don't, right? So a long years ago, the problem was, and this is when a lot of the um oh my god pursuit policies got altered is there were quite a few cases where police would chase somebody on not the most serious offense and the person would lose control of their car and kill an innocent family like saw that happen several times in the eight years i practiced criminal law i'm sure everybody out there has stories about it um, so, I think modification of the pursuit policy, like, should you be running somebody down at 100 miles an hour for a forgery? Probably not. Right. Um, but as far as predicting the future, if you've got a violent crime with weapons involved, would your old agency have authorized that pursuit? I feel like a lot of agencies, that one, you're probably. In serious bodily injury or death, and a high likelihood, and they're fleeing, you might be able to pursue that, even in more strict jurisdictions. What are your thoughts?
0: I think with, and I'm a little rusty. It's been a while since I read my policy and procedure, but I think you probably are good to go on something like that, where you have you have the weapon, you have the threat, kind of thing. You know, in Colorado, it's a felony menacing. I know. That's not necessarily a thing in other places. Uh, I think some places it's under assault. And uh, I think there's some other charges for it. But I, I would argue most places, if somebody you know displays a weapon, it's probably a felony and makes threats. Well, especially if they're being
1: irrational it. and threat to the public and everything else. You have to be able to articulate it, but you might be all right there. The problem is... <sighs> it that's just super fact dependent.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I I meant to look this up before we started but I failed at doing that. But there's um, you know, the law that or the case law that always comes up when you have like the A cab people that don't like cops and they say, "Well, the cops don't even have to protect you" kind of thing. Which they're they're taking the case law kind of out of context where what was it? It was like a a 911 call and they went and checked it out and they couldn't get in and people were like kidnapped inside or something like that. And so they tried to sue the police department and the court was like, no, you can't, you can't sue the police department. The police, they can't predict the future. They you can't hold them liable for failing to protect you kind of thing.
1: It's not minority report.
0: Yeah, it's, police police departments and police officers get sued for negligence and shit all of the time it I I would think in this circumstance you can't you can't predict the future right like the guy did it and then he didn't you know if he had the weapon and he didn't shoot him then I think you could make an argument well they they had their chance kind of thing I don't know yeah. I mean you're the lawyer I, I anybody can sue for anything but I I don't think that would go anywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, what do you do? You take the steps to say, hi, this is how you can go get a protection order. Do you have anywhere else you can stay tonight? We're going to swear out a warrant for them for the menacing, but we can't guarantee we're going to catch them tonight. Um, Do those suck? Yeah, but you can't... The thing that stinks is you can only do what you can do. The beautiful thing about being a line officer is... Hey, I wanted to catch the guy and I want to chase him, but my supervisor called him off. As shitty as it sounds, I'm a huge fan of that liability then passes from me to up the food chain. Good luck, bro.
0: That that is a tough one though, because I I've wondered that myself for a long time. Is there were some things that I thought we should have chased? I'm like, well, what if they go out and they kill somebody? What's the legal consequences? And I, I don't I really don't think there are. But depending on, you know, if you don't do anything. And you do nothing and you don't take any steps. I think maybe there's something there. But again, I it's so hard, you know, on some of that stuff. Cause like like Saul said, it's very fact dependent.
1: Well, how many of us have every single person listening to this has been on a call where you damn well want to kick a door to get into a residence, but you don't have a legal basis to do it, even though you know it's probably the right thing to do.
0: Yeah. Yep, that's come up a couple times in my career. Can't do it.
1: Yeah, I'm. we've all been there. And you'd like, kicking doors, fun. I
0: want to kick a door.
1: But so my amusement another... is not an exception to the Fourth Amendment.
0: It should be, though. Here's a, another one I'm going to handle. You take a breather there, Saul. The question was, are probation parole officers covered under the Law Enforcement Officer Safety Act? I Googled it. Because I, I, I assume maybe maybe you would know Saul, but I googled it and Nerd. It, does, it doesn't appear that they are. I found a uh something from the Arizona AG that talked about that. It doesn't sound like they fit it, but I would not you know, I'd probably do a little more research. I assume you don't know that one, Saul. Saul muted mm. he's masturbating. Peeing, masturbating it's the same thing. Um There was a guy who sent a message and he said, I have proof my agency is illegally targeting minorities. How should I proceed? Which I wasn't sure if that was like a troll kind of thing. And I messaged him a little bit and he indicated he had been fired, but then he has some recordings of them saying some fucked up shit. I don't know. I would uh, probably advise you to take that to somebody that could do something about that. Probably not the Poorly Made Police podcast, perhaps the highest law enforcement body in your state would be probably a good start. That would be my two cents. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that.
1: Well, stepping back now that I'm done urinating um, with regard to probation or parole, uh, I will state that I teach at some law enforcement academies where parole puts people through post academies. I don't, I really have not heard of any, unless it's like a cop that retires to becoming a probation officer. I don't think that would apply, but some parole agencies do have certified law enforcement officers. So maybe, um, what was the second thing? Oh, the race. Yeah. Like if there's fucked up shit going on, first of all, let's all get on the soapbox a little bit. If people are doing fucked up shit in your department, call it out. I mean, we have to be better than that. You got to stand up to that nonsense. I know it's not always easy, but if there's systemic messed up stuff going on, there are outside agencies you can reach out to uh, and report it and likely be protected under whistleblower statutes and things of that nature. Um, But you're also, I mean, if you're aware of messed up stuff going on and you're not doing anything, you could get dragged into something where you're becoming complicit, even though you don't intend to be. So I just I don't envy anybody in that situation. It's a really messed up thing. I would suggest seeking outside counsel, because that could also be very fact-specific, and they can help you walk through what to do. But that's something that shouldn't be happening, but obviously very well could be.
0: Are you doing okay on time?
1: Yeah. I'm just drinking.
0: Good. I wish I was doing the same. I'm drinking water like a bitch.
1: My whiskey has water in it from the mountains of Tennessee.
0: Beautiful. So on that same kind of note, I I know there was a a question later on about in Colorado. We had the house bill that kind of fucked everything. Their question was more on the contact cards, which I left before that happened. but you kind of brought up a point that I've been meaning to kind of bring up. And I, there's a lot of States now where, you know, there's laws on the books that you have to intervene. If you see somebody fucking beating the shit out of somebody, like there's a video that's been making rounds for a couple of years now that I I may or may not have seen today. I think it's in LA where a guy's handcuffed and one of the cops just starts fucking beating the shit out of him. And the other cop kind of stands there, doesn't really stop them. I mean, you you don't know what they're saying, but they're not really making any attempt to stop the other cop from beating up this handcuffed guy. You can't can't just kind of stand there and allow that to happen. I I think the big concern when these laws were passed was you're the guy that responds third and you get there and the fight's already on. You're going to go help the cop, right? I think that's the fear a lot of people had was I don't know what's going on. I just get here. I don't know that, you know, it's an unlawful arrest because I'm the third guy here. All I know is they called for help. I don't fucking know what the PC was or anything like that. That's what scared the shit out of a lot of people. And, And I think rightfully so. And I think it probably still does worry some people. That was like a huge concern of mine why I left. But man, if you see somebody doing something fucking horrendous like that, You just can't, you can't just stand there and let it happen. You gotta, you gotta fucking stop them.
1: So here's the problem legally with those statutes that came through specifically is at least the one you're referring to. I don't know if others, they say that officers have a duty to intervene, right? Here's the problem. They don't identify or define what intervention means. Does it mean that if Lloyd is wailing on somebody in handcuffs, is intervention me saying, Hey, dude, you should probably not do that. Is that intervening? Is that good enough to meet the statute for me not to get jammed up? It's not defined. Do I have to tackle him? Do I have to hit Lloyd? What if Lloyd is much bigger than me? What if he's my supervisor? Like, do I have to tackle him off as what is intervention they never defined it which is a problem and it's what i hate about legislators who are passing laws about shit they don't understand um let's take the perfect example it's not a hot topic issue at all derek chauvin you've talked about it a ton most cops that i talk to we all nobody's ever been trained to kneel on somebody's neck let alone do it for that extended period of time. You get somebody in cuffs, the fight's over, you put them in the recovery position, and you're done. Can we all agree with that? Yep. Um, The real issue I have is that those poor, what was it, two or three officers that were with him that were on, like, literally day one or two, right? I think if I'm not getting that incorrect.
0: I think so. They were very new guys. I don't know if they were that new, but they were fucking new.
1: And they spoke up, and the problem I have with, and this is where I hate when people don't understand context and have never been in a situation, if you seriously as armchair quarterback, uber liberal, sitting in your mom's basement, you know, yelling about everything, um, and I have super liberal friends. I love you all. um but seriously, if you don't understand the context of what a big ass that is to What do you expect a kid on day two of FTO to tackle off their supervisor off of somebody? I mean, what are we doing? So that's where it gets hard because that's the extreme, right? Those guys, I think all got convicted or took deals. And I like, don't get me wrong. And this may not be popular. Derek Chauvin kind of dug his own grave a little bit. I don't feel bad for that guy. He should have fucking known better. The other trainees that were with him, that's who I reserve a lot of my sympathy for because they got fucked. Yeah. But it's also different than what did we just see in Memphis, right? Like, sorry, if anybody disagrees with this, I don't understand you as a human being. Fuck all
0: those guys. Hey, I i said that too. Fuck those guys. Hey, so I had, I had a, a question roll in from uh, a good friend of the podcast who... Uh, I don't really remember his question. He wanted to know if you he had some Britishy term for what your job was. He wanted to know if you were a solicitor, solicitor, or something. But it reminded me of a uh, a message he sent me, making fun of someone you know very well, aka me, which I appreciated because it was pretty good. Oh, hey there! It's your host, Lloyd. Huge <laughs> thanks to our sponsors <laughs> over at. Office of Privacy. Uh, that's right. Office of Privacy. What's Office of Privacy? I hear you ask. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's <laughs> like, I even got your voice fucking crack, And I'm like, fuck you. It's not my fault. Worst problems that have. Oh, is that where he stops? There, <laughs> that's where it's going to end. We'll just put it that way. That's where it's gonna end. There is He's more amazing
1: and he hilarious. Amazing. You know what? Put on a powdered wig and fucking touch yourself, bro. You earned it.
0: He did. Um, I do have one thing to say about that though. God damn, I'm bad at this. And, I'm proud to be an where... and I have a whole nother set of messages he sent me, which I'll play uh one of the next episodes coming up. We've been going for a while. I want to try and get everybody's questions in. We'll try and do a little speed round here, okay? Uh, If my siren, lights and sirens aren't on, am I pursuing? I think not.
1: Are you traveling at a higher rate of speed than the speed limit? Very close in proximity to the person that you're not chasing? that can be really fact dependent and they're going to pull it out of your car and you're going to get your ass in trouble. If you are called off a pursuit, get off the fucking pursuit. In my humble opinion, you're going to get you're <laughs> going to get jammed up, pull the fuck over
0: and just stop. It's just following at a distance to see where they go. That's all. Um, the most unprofessional thing you've seen in a court proceeding, I think we handled that one pretty well. Unless there's something else that comes to mind.
1: Oh my god. No shit. For Halloween once, a judge's staff dressed up as all the characters from Wizard of Oz and put a green curtain across the bench so that when the judge took the bench she was like the Wizard of Oz. And I was like... You're sending people to prison. This
0: is fucked up. (laughs) I think it's fine. Have a little fun. It's fine. It's Halloween. (laughs) This is a a question that came in specifically for you.
1: Why are you gay? (laughs) (laughs) I don't care how many times I watch that. That will never not be
0: funny. (laughs) Who said I'm gay? You are gay. (laughs) Fucking love that. (laughs) Oh, I have a Ugandan Knuckles update. Not that anybody knows what that is, apparently. My friend did not put enough postage on it, so hopefully I will be getting it soon in the mail. I cannot wait. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Let's see. This guy said he sent in a message. Let's see if I can find that. Um... When a judge holds someone in contempt, what's the maximum sentence?
1: I think it varies from state to state, but if I remember correctly, the maximum penalty for direct contempt, meaning something that occurred in court in front of the judge, I think you can get up to six months.
0: Wow. That's pretty fucking good.
1: I don't know of an instance where that actually happened, but... I'm Usually sure, you would I, get fined. I've been threatened with contempt, but
0: have you seen somebody actually get charged with it?
1: So you don't actually, it happens in one of two ways. You can either be in direct or indirect contempt. So if you are in court and do something like what you probably would have seen in movies, that's direct contempt. And the judge can just issue the punishment right then, whether it's a fine or you could be taken into custody. Um, indirect contempt is if something happens outside of court, like if you fail to adhere to a child custody order, um, a court can issue a show cause order and you have to come in and explain why you did what you did and you're entitled to have a hearing present witnesses. And it's determined then whether or not you're actually going to be held in contempt and then whatever the punishment is, it doesn't happen. As far as the direct contempt, something somebody does in court, usually it's a fine.
0: Well, that's no fun.
1: But I do know, I can't think of any specific instances, but I do know lawyers that have been, I mean, watch my cousin Vinny, where he keeps getting taken into custody and spending the night in jail. That can happen.
0: Good to know. Well, good sir, Saul, I think and I hope, I covered everything I wanted to talk about, um, which was mostly penises and pig roasts. No, I don't want anything... barbecue. <laughs> That's not what you want. Is there any words of wisdom that uh, you would like to share or anything you want to bitch about that you haven't bitched about already today?
1: No, I feel like I've been useless and ranty, but I would just say don't... Just stick to the procedure and do your job. Don't try to get too cute. When people try to get too cute, that's when they get in trouble. And I love all of you. You're all adorable. I don't want you to get in trouble. I, and I, I would can... like to. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to nominate Toby for Officer of the Podcast.
0: Oh, You're like the third person to do that. I might have to actually do it. See, but I, I, I just can't let anybody get it. You know, like if Toby wins, then God, who else could win? You know, it could be any. It's
1: lowering the bar too low.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I did want to mention because we, we said this maybe the last o- Law Odyssey. This isn't. We're not saying goodbye, Saul. Saul's not being kicked out of the uh, the group here. I think we're just we decided to end this on a trilogy note, but who knows? We could bring it back, do some prequels, do some sequels down the line. I don't know. Uh, but Saul is still going to be inside of me and on the podcast. So don't don't be afraid. Saul's not going anywhere.
1: Even though a lot of you may wish I would.
0: Stop it. <laughs> Everyone loves you. Okay. I think it goes in this order. Um, it goes scotch it goes you, it goes Ahsoka, it goes Toby, it goes Ben, and then it goes me. Okay, You're doing fine.
1: Ahsoka does have the best radio voice.
0: Yes. I almost said something inappropriate, but I'm a gentleman. (laughs) I would never do such a thing. She was was born in the wrong generation.
1: She could have killed 900 numbers. (laughs)
0: You know, I would like to uh, have a moment of silence for all the uh, sex phone workers that actually have to have sex now. Because do those still exist? Should we call a 1-900 number and see if it works?
1: I don't know. My wife and I were talking about that the other night. I was like, do those things still like... – because if – when I was younger, if you're watching TV past 10 o'clock, it was always – the commercials took a very decided shift (laughs) from normal stuff to everything was a fucking 900 number. And it's just hilarious. And I never, I was too young, but it was hilarious to me that people would call those things and just talk dirty to some 300 pound man with an effeminate voice. But
0: I I really want to Google. I I used to know all the ones that call, but I don't know. Um, if they work, I don't know. I don't want to really Google a phone sex line, but I'm going to. Oh, my God. Okay, I wonder if
1: you can still pay for the number one 900 dick
0: Was it? Well, let's see. We got jerkmates.net. You know, I'm <laughs> going to get all these. That's probably my favorite one is jerkmates.net. I'm going to get all these fucking like, weird ads show up now. You are. Uh, I are you didn't think of this one out. Oh God! Real. Is there is there one nine hundred pig roast? <laughs> all right, you ready? Let's see me. See me if you can hear it. Hello, baby. Welcome to one eight hundred phone sex. And
1: Our name says it all. <laughs> Do you want
2: me to send you a sexy pic of me? Press one now. If you're over eighteen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. For all you young Gen Zs, it's Z still fans. real. That's how the pioneers did it. You had to use your imagination.
0: if uh, we got time for one more story. A pioneer it's story related
1: to that. There's no way we don't have time.
0: Pioneer story. So, kids, you hold on. Let me. Let me like set. Let me set the stage for this. Okay, we got to. Like, if I'm going to tell this story, I got to do it right. Um, Just remember
1: that most people listening to this have never died of dysentery.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. This isn't even good music. That was like Pipe X Files. That's racist. All right, this is a little better. Well, it was the late 90s, and we had to call phone sex hotlines to get off. Well, we heard a tale. We didn't know if it was true, but we had to find out. Word was, one of my friend's dads has a porno stash in his truck. So we gathered a posse, and we went out to his truck. We had lookouts. We got the keys and lo and behold piles and piles of porno as far as the eyes could see. That was the great porno run. We shared the pornos like men. Now my mom found them under my mattress and she threw them away. Then it was back to the 1-800 numbers. Was that worth the build up? (laughs) No, but I'll Say that the, no, the hilarious did. thing. Fuck you,
1: <laughs> every every single one of us born in the '70s and '80s, you all figured out quick who had the dad with a stash in a car in a garage. You had to work for it, you lazy millennial Gen Z fucks who can just type boobies into your phone and see boobies. Used to have to watch Cinemax on when you had to change the channels. By hand and watch the blurry streaking static for an hour just to see one nipple you guys will never know our struggle that's why you're so fucking everything now at your fingertips
0: you never had to work for it you know maybe that's the solution to all of our problems is making porn a little harder to access like working for it and understanding it's worth but seriously you get on, like, here, here's a problem, though. Here's a problem. You get on Reddit or wherever, and you find something. Pigros.com. Pig com, And it gets progressively, like, you go deeper deeper down the rabbit hole where the first thing you found, because it's so easy, you're like, all right, well, where can I, what else can I find? And what else can I find? And then all of a sudden, you're fucking watching midgets and wondering. How did I get here and what have I done with my life?
1: I've never been on Reddit. I don't even understand what it is, but all I
0: can ever terrible and amazing.
1: All I can ever think of is Ted two, which is a totally underrated movie when they just constantly joke that you're always three clicks away from black (laughs) cocks.
0: It's like, uh, what's that thing where you're like the seven degrees of separation, right? Kevin Bacon. Okay. That's that's the thing with Black Cox. That's that's fucking science right there.
1: It is. Yeah. It's like the funniest bit throughout the whole movie. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it because it's
0: old. You've referenced wait, Ted 2. Is that the one with the bear with the Yes. Is it that old? I thought that I'm s I am i have not seen Ted yet. What? I haven't I'm telling you, kids, Paw
1: Patrol!
2: It's in it's my way. Got
1: a teddy bear in it, dude.
0: Show it Maybe your kids, I'll find your some wife, time. your wife, your wife will completely understand. I'll see what I can do. I mean, <laughs> the, here's the thing, is, I'm kind of making excuses, but parents know. Like you can try and watch something, but if a kid's like in that like phase where like the only fucking thing he'll watch is a certain thing, you're fucked. Like we were trying to watch the Mandalorian the other day. And he's screaming the whole time. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. I want to watch Paw Patrol. Turn on Paw Patrol. God damn you, Chase.
1: That's, That's really why leg- legit, I tell all my friends who have babies, I love you. Call me in 12 fucking years when you can be a normal human again.
0: Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Well, buddy. We've uh we've covered a lot of ground that we did not plan to cover per the usual. And uh, Toby didn't fall asleep on us or anything like that. Uh, thank you guys again for uh turning in, turning in, tuning in. Thank you guys again for tuning into the podcast. I can't do this without you guys. So uh keep doing the things you guys do to make this possible for me to bring you hours and hours of content you didn't know you needed. And I fucking hate that word content. If you want to keep getting shitty content, feel free to uh, be a monthly donor. Just click the link at the end of the podcast. And you, you can help bring shitty content about sex lines to the millions of people. And uh, take care of the fine sponsors, including Officer Privacy. And buy some nice merch and some DUI cards. And uh, buy buy all the stuff. There we go. Oh, by the way, you know what? No, I'm going to go on the rant on my intro. So never mind. We'll talk about that later. But with that said, remember, it's not always gay if it's a three way. It could be a pig roast. And I love most of you. Bye bye.